The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. I went to my first NFL game. Yeah. What? Yeah. Are we I saw on? The, the, Are we yeah, on? we're up. We're up. Yeah. The, the Jets versus the Cowboys. Oh. Yeah. Wait. In Dallas. Yeah, Cowboys. Uh, that would just happen, right? Yeah. Two weeks ago or last week? Last week. The Jets. Last Sunday. Yeah, a week ago. A week, a week ago. ago. Yeah. It was fucking awesome. How many people does that place seat? That one's probably close to 100. It's amazing. 80 plus. Yeah. 80 plus. That place, place is fucking amazing. Yeah. I've never seen an NFL game live. I'm so into football, man. I'm I get like, it now. I'm so into it. Bro, I get it. Yeah. I'm friends with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't even watch football. Yeah. And Aaron was supposed to play, but then Aaron blew out his Achilles tendon. Real bad. Yeah, first, uh, first drive of the first game. Crazy. All this hype, like the craziest shit. All crazy. this hype about Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, and the crazy thing is... They had drafted like a year or two before that Zach Wilson, who was like a number one draft pick. He was supposed to be the, you know, the new quarterback that was going to take the Jets to the Super Bowl. But he's had a miserable last couple of years. And uh, so instead of giving up on him, the Jets said, "Okay, let's bring in Aaron Rodgers because Green Bay was moving on from Aaron Rodgers. They got this guy Love. Eventually, like all the legends, eventually their last couple of years, they play on another team. Like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. The last couple of years, they they go to a different team, and uh, sometimes they get paid. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot of money. I get it. Yeah, and but um, and then the first drive, after all that hype with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers in New York City, it was, it was huge. Yeah, and then boom, he's gone for the season. Yeah, he thinks he'll be back in six months. He it's, said it's usually six to twelve months, but he yeah. said that's for vaccinated people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then my Browns, you know, I'm I'm following the Browns every day in the off season, Un, undrafted free agents, the fucking draft, everything. Really, I, practice. You're squad. all in, huh? I'm all in. I love wow. it. I love it. It's such an amazing sport. Like every every player has their own mission, you know, and the quarterback needs to know as many yeah. of those missions as possible. He needs to know what's going on. But everyone else, they just need one mission. They got one mission. Every every player, everybody's doing something different. It's incredible to watch. And then there's all these coaches. Yeah. Um, I'm actually friends with. Um, do you remember? Do you remember there was a Sports Illustrated article on a football coach that was an offensive line coach that was teaching jujitsu to uh, NFL players to help them in the offensive line. That's Scott Peters from the Cleveland Browns. Really? Yeah, there was an article on it. And I remember reading it a couple years ago. What, what would help with jiu-jitsu? Just being able to clinch? Understanding how to throw bodies around? I think, like, I think so. Wrestling? Yeah. Wrestling seems yeah. like it would help a lot. Touch, feel, you mm. know, balance. But I'm not sure. I, haven't, I, I need to talk to him about that because I just met him like via text through a friend. I had a guy on a podcast. He knows him. And apparently, he, he played football too. His name is Scott Peters, and he, you know, when he when he retired, he started doing MMA and started doing jujitsu and fell in love with it. Then he got a job as a, he's an assistant offensive line coach for the Browns, and uh, he's all about teaching them jujitsu. Wow, That's pretty badass. <laughs> well, I'd imagine those guys are all badasses. They want to learn jujitsu. Who doesn't yeah. want to learn jujitsu? Yeah, yeah. Who's and, who's going? Nah, I don't want to learn that shit. A lot of people, actually. <laughs> they just don't want to get strangled. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to start out as beginners. The same thing happened to the Browns, though. Second week, the, on paper, the Browns look like 
playoff contender for sure on paper. But everyone, you know, it, it, it's all about how you execute and how it all gels. And so, uh, but the one constant that we have, we have the best running back in the game, Nick Chubb. Best running, so he, he rarely ever gets hurt. You know, we needed we needed some wide receivers. We needed some defensive linemen. We got all new defensive linemen except for Miles Garrett uh, and um, new new defensive coordinator. But we always knew Nick Chubb. You know, we got the best running back in the, in the game probably ever. His average is 5.4, a carry that's huge. That's like top three in NFL history. It's incredible. He's so good. Second week, Monday Night Football, his leg fucking breaks. So, it was so gruesome. Is that they, the one when it broke at the knee? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they God. didn't show the replays. They didn't show the replays. Oh, I saw it online. They showed it online. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. That was devastating. I got sad. Like, it was, like, for two or three days, I was like, oh, my God, I spent all this fucking time, and now we just <laughs> lost our best player? <laughs> Fuck! But... They came back the next week, which was yesterday, and dominated the Titans. So they um, they, they adjusted. Uh, yeah, and they were all they're all doing it for Nick Chubb. They're all like, I guarantee you that you know it used to be that if you got like an ACL injury, you were never coming back to any sport. And now MMA fighters get ACL injuries all the time, and they get yeah. re rehab, and then they come back and they're good to go. I guarantee you, in the future. They're going to be able to regenerate tissue in some wild way where those injuries are just going to be commonplace. No big deal. They just fix you. I hope so. Apparently, but, he just, apparently, it looks like everything would have ripped, right? The PCL, oh, the ACL. Everything. Every, but apparently, they're saying it was just the MCL. What? And that it's not that bad. Show that again. Can we see that? Oh I, I wouldn't see it. I, they didn't Did show I, the replay, and I, I, I wouldn't even There's see it. There's a still it. frame. Oh, oh, oh. It's like it's oh. pointed forward and his body's sideways oh. and the knee is bent oh shit oh my god that's the same knee oh, he injured in college and look at him chilling well, <laughs> no he, that's him he was screaming after. i'm yeah. sure but right there he looks pretty calm i'd be oh. fucking crying like a baby you no know, yeah he's i think he's crying oh look at him right there he's screaming yeah. screaming but the amount of pain he must have been in there agony look at that shit but he also oh. knew he knew what was about to happen too like he just did this rehab a couple years ago oh no so same, the same see, knee. See this one right here. Oh, oh. Jesus, that's him. That's him in college. Oh my God! So it was career. probably already weak. Well, again, he's the baddest. He's oh my God! Fucking yeah. Oh my God. And, yeah. Oh my he's, God. He's in the NFL. He's known for his work ethic in the weight room. Oh he's like, God. what does he squat? Something ridiculous, Jamie. It's like, yeah, like he always puts up videos where he's squatting like ridiculous shit. Six seventy-five here. Six seventy fucking five. Jesus Christ! How much can you? What's your max? I don't max. This. Oh that. my God! Doesn't look very That's weak. him. That's <laughs> him. Bro, I watched this guy um, who was doing that, and both his legs exploded. You know those Instagram clips? There's so many Instagram. Tom Segura and I. <laughs> every day when I wake up in the morning to take a leak and I check my phone, Tom Segura is sending me some fucking horrible video. We we share horrible videos to each other. It's like a. I'll show you the thread. We got an ongoing thread. Of me and him, just the worst shit we can find online. We send to each other, and every day I get nervous every time I open up my phone. Oh, it's all fucking, it's all like, yeah, I sent him this one today. This guy's brakes failed. I sent you this, Jamie. This one's horrible. There's so many videos like that. Have you ever seen more people die than on Instagram lately? What do you mean? Are you oh, oh, death? Death. Oh. I've seen more people get shot, more people get run over by cars, more people get gored by bulls, more people get bit by alligators. Yeah, I saw... Look at this one. 
Brakes failed. Boom. Look at this. How insane is that, dude? Fuck. Fuck. That could happen at any time. At dude. any time. I think about that all the time when I'm on the highway. You know, when I come home from the mothership, at nighttime in Texas, that's when all the truck drivers are on the road. And so when I come home, sometimes, like, we're the only car on the road. It's like all trucks. It's yeah. all semis. And one time there was a, um, some sort of a traffic thing. So the opposite side of the road, all the traffic was shut down. And it was hundreds of semis. Hundreds. I'm like, I guess they just drive at night. Like when there's going to be no traffic. That's when they can make the most, most time. That makes sense. It makes sense. But it's like one of those fucking dudes is not paying attention or their fucking Adderall runs out or whatever. They fall asleep at the wheel and you're done, man. You know, a video I just saw was a couple, male and female, like off to the side of the road on the freeway. And they're like, I don't know, they broke down. And this tire got loose and was coming and rolling down and fucking went right into the chick. It was horrible, man. Oh, it was tires. horrible, man. When Have you seen that, Jamie? That one's that one's tires fucked take up. people out, man. They take people out because yeah. they pop off sometimes. People don't check their fucking lug nuts. Yeah, tire. Do you see that one lady who was driving on the highway? She was on pills, and the cops pulled her over, and she had no wheel. Her her right passenger side front wheel was gone, and she's driving on the brake. So yes. she's got her rotors, and it's just sparking. She's just like this. She doesn't even know anything's wrong. And the cops pull her over, and they're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, what? What's going on? And they're like, are you on pills? It's like, no, I'm not on pills. Like, she's clearly on pills. And you got to think, like, how many people out me? You know how many people are on oxys, right? Yeah. How many people are just driving around on pills? How are those still legal? Incredible. The Incredible. But meanwhile, marijuana isn't. Yeah. Meanwhile, mushrooms aren't. Yeah, they're trying to get the. Uh, I keep seeing that they're still trying to get weed on off schedule one. Yeah, I mean it seems like it's close, right? Yeah. You would think that they uh, would just uh, like just make that happen already, because state after state after state is legalizing it, right? What's the yeah. state of weed in Texas? Texas, it's it's decriminalized in Austin. It is illegal in Texas, bro. They arrested Willie Nelson. That should be against and the Tommy law. Chong. Yeah, but Willie Nelson, Tommy Chong was a different one. Tommy Chong was a bad one because what they and I talked to Tommy after it happened. He did my podcast. This was a long time ago. They got him in Florida, and all he was doing was selling bongs. He was selling bongs, but if you sell bongs in Florida, it was drug paraphernalia, and so they threatened his family because it was a family business. So Tommy's like, I'll go to jail. So Tommy went to jail for them. And then afterwards, I think they drug tested him for a long time. I think part of the, you know, the conditions of his parole was that they had to randomly drug test him so he couldn't smoke any weed for a long fucking time. Now he's selling weed. And, and how much time did he do? Did he do time? <sighs> he he did went to time. jail, right? He, w he did time. I think Tommy Chong, I want to say he did two years. Damn. Let's find out. Find out how, how much time to For weed? Time. Not even for weed, uh, yeah. Eddie. Eddie, for fucking bongs. Yeah. That was just half-baked. For weed? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty wild that in 2023, it's still illegal. It's pretty wild. 
it's pretty damn legal in California. It should I mean, be. It's, it seems like you could just smoke weed anywhere. Yeah, Vegas know? too. Yeah. That's but, what's wild. Vegas, bro, there's people in jail for life in Vegas. Still. In the 1970s, if they caught you smoking weed, they put you in jail forever. What does it say here? Nine months. Nine months in federal prison, a fine of $20,000, forfeiture of $103,514, and the loss of all merchandise seized during the raid on his business. Fuck. Scary. <sighs> Nine months for bongs. And what wow. year was that? 2004. Three and four, yeah. Damn. Yeah, 20 years Crazy. Ago. Crazy. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's uh. It's not right. It doesn't make any sense. And they, they got to know it now. It's like it's a slow trickle before things become legal. But I, I thought the Biden administration was that was a part of their thing that they ran on, that they were going to decriminalize marijuana. Yeah, that's that's one uh, Democratic issue that I'm with. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm with it. I'm with it. And, you know, in other states, like I believe in Oregon, they've decriminalized mushrooms. What have they done with Oregon, Oregon with mushrooms? Yeah, I think they. I think yeah. Oregon might have decriminalized everything. I think Oregon is a wild state. I think they might have decriminalized literally everything. I think they decriminalized steroids. I think they decriminalized mushrooms. I think they decriminalized fucking everything. Do you know in Vancouver, you can buy? They have a place called the Drugs Store, and you can go in there and buy tested drugs. So you can go in there and buy tested cocaine. It's a brick and mortar store. And this guy is apparently testing the boundaries of the law. I mean, what a fuck. I would think that's a trap. If I was walking into that drugstore, I was like, you got cocaine? You have cocaine, pure cocaine for sale? I'd yeah. Like, are you wearing a wire, bitch? Like, what the fuck is going on? How are you? What are you doing? You sound, I'm going to buy cocaine from you in a store? Can I use my credit card? I can. <laughs> like, what is? It? See if you can find that. The drugs uh, store. I think it might have been shut down because the owner died from a suspected fentanyl overdose. Ah! Whoops! <laughs> it wasn't taking his own product. It's yeah. sure it was shut down 24 hours later. Oh wow! Yeah, they might have killed him. But I bet I like some rival drug dealers. Like, hey man, fuck you. If he died from fentanyl, I don't think the government would have poisoned him with fentanyl. Yeah, the fentanyl thing is crazy. Crazy. How could anybody want to do coke, knowing that shit's out there? I think they have tests. But if you're one of those dudes who's partying, you're doing coke, you're not going, hey, you guys have a test? This, this also wasn't like a real store. It was a pop-up shop. Like, oh. Like mobile, like a almost a bus or something. But I thought it was at a brick-and-mortar store. It says after parking his 24-foot camper on Main Street between Hastings and Cordova, <laughs> he made his first sale. I, I think he was doing it. I mean, it does show people walking in and out of a building, but it might have just been vacant. They just kind of walked in. I don't know. You know what's crazy? I was just in Japan, and you don't ever have to worry about any kind of crime in Isn't Japan. Isn't it wild? Japan's there's, amazing. There's no crime. But, you know, it, it is. It, that is definitely, a, and it's so clean. They clean everything. Uh, everybody's super nice, you know, everybody, but you can't have a gun. <laughs> right. Yeah, they got everybody yeah. under control, you know. Yeah. But I was there for Quintet, and Quintet is a team jujitsu tournament. It was, it's amazing. Uh, Sakuraba, the 
Pride Legend. He's that's his show. But this time, does he still grapple? Yeah, how's he's on the knees? team. He's got a team. How's his knees? I don't know. Does he wrap them up like mummies? He still? doesn't really speak English, so we we it, we have a hard time. Uh, he's awesome. I fucking love him. We just do like jokey stuff whenever I see him, because he's like a clown. Yeah, we he's do so clown funny. Stuff. Yeah, but it, but so Quintet decided to co-promote with K One. Ooh, you didn't know this? No, dude, dude, you're a kickboxing fanatic, and you didn't know K One brought back the heavyweight absolute tournament. I heard they were doing that, but I didn't know they did it. They brought it back, and guess oh. who they wanted to commentate? You. <laughs> I'm like, why would I commentate a kickbox? Like that's like the- me commentating on football. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Same thing. And they asked me because they co-promoted and and it was like in this arena where they had two stages, the K-1 stage and the quintet stage. And they kind of merged together. And and K-1 was during the day. It started like at noon. And then after K-1 was done, then it all shifted over here on the side and to the quintet side. That started like at like six or something. But they wanted me, they asked me if if I wanted to commentate the heavyweight tournament. I'm like, I know nothing about, the only thing I know about kickboxing is the old school K1, like Peter Ertz. I met him, he was there. Jerome LeBanner, Ernesto Hoost. Yeah, Ray Sifu and all those guys and Semi Schilt. Yeah. The old the old school K one the classic ones where dudes were getting shut off left and right left and right and this one was because apparently they hadn't done uh, the absolute heavyweight tournament the the, the eight man one in a while they've been sticking to K one max like lightweights and middleweights and there's some bad motherfuckers so I I I, I don't pay attention to kickboxing kickboxing also I wouldn't even know what K one max was I learned all the shit while I was there and so. Um, they had an eight-man absolute tournament, all new guys. And dude, there was this fucking six-foot-eight Chinese dude, straight coming out with the CCP flag and everything, looking like Chinese Ivan Drago. What does he look like? I mean, what, what's his name? He fucked everybody up. Really? He fucked everybody. Pull up a video. Dude, his name is like um, Say Lu, something like that. We'll find out. Scary. Not this guy. That's right. him. Oh, this That's guy. him right there. Damn, that guy's huge. He's like six seven, six eight. Wow. He fucked everybody oh up. Oh my god, dude. look at the size of that guy. With leg kicks. He got incredible footwork. Look at the size of his fucking legs. Look at his quads. Dude, he claims he claims wushu. Oh, of course. But he's, it's kickboxing. He's of doing course. he's doing kickboxing. But, but that's it, a good move if you're from China. Claim wushu. Yeah. And uh, he didn't show up to the press conference. He was a big mystery. Oh, interesting. And there was a guy from Italy, this guy, they call him the Grizzly Bear. It, he ended up uh, fighting him in the finals. That guy, the Grizzly Bear, had like insane power. Dude, he was fucking people up. Is this Dude, look at that's the Grizzly Bear? Bear. The Grizzly Bear's got the beard. See if you can find a video of the actual fight, Jamie. Okay. I love it. Uh, you know, I and put I, a post up on Instagram the other day after the Rod Tank fight on uh, 1FC. Because uh, Matt Brown posted it, like, how is Muay Thai not the biggest sport in the world? And you watch this insane fight they had on One FC, and I was like, I think that has the most untapped potential of all the combat sports. Because obviously, boxing is huge, MMA is huge. How the fuck is Muay Thai not huge? Yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, and this one fight with MMA gloves too, with four ounce gloves. Um, Jamie, see if you could find that fight first. Hold on, what was it? 
I'm sorry. Right. It's on my Instagram. It's like uh, two, two, three posts ago. And it, it's this war that these guys had in Thailand. So they did uh, a one FC in Thailand. And they had, here, I'll, I'll fucking, you got it here? I mean, so it's um, Rod Tang versus uh, Superlek. And it's a fucking war, dude. I mean, these guys are going. Give me some volume so you can hear it. It just happened? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, these are two of the very best Muay Thai fighters in the world, and they're fighting with these little tiny MMA gloves on, which is a wild move that 1FC is doing. I mean, everybody who watches MMA, look at that, drops Rod Tang. That's crazy. Incredible fight, dude. Just fucking incredible fight. These guys are cutting each up with cutting each other up with elbows, knees to the body. I and mean, they're two elite of the elite in Muay Thai. And they're going to war with the little gloves on, man. I mean, it's a fucking wild ass fight. Like, look, everybody loves stand up. When you're watching MMA, sometimes when people clinch, people go, oh, they want to see the crazy wars. These are the crazy wars all the time. That's the whole fight is crazy wars. Like, how is that not big? I brought it up with Dana. And I said, dude, I know you guys are into the slap fight thing, but I think, like, the thing that's untapped is kickboxing. And he was like, ah, but nobody liked that, that PK karate. I'm like, bro, that was in the 1980s. That was literally, they used to call it the kick of the 80s. Remember? Yeah. But like Bad but Brad Hepton and... It just needs to be marketed different because it, it, there's always yes. been kickboxing. We've yes. always had kickboxing. We had Glory. We had K1 forever. But it didn't ever reach the heights that it was capable of reaching. It could have with Glory. Glory was very, very high level. And they so tried how, how it could they while. do? It? How could they do it to take it to the next level? The UFC machine. Put the UFC machine behind it. If they put the UFC promotion machine behind high-level kickboxing and got just fucking, hey, we're going to sign the biggest fighters in the world. We're going to have UFC kickboxing. So, so here's, this, here's this gigantic uh, Chinese This guy. is the final against the grizzly bear. Look at the size of that grizzly. Oh, look at that. He's fucking his legs up. And this guy's six foot eight? Yeah. Oh, he's good, man. Oh, chopping those legs down. I think he beat all three opponents with leg kicks. They couldn't Damn. take it. So they're trying to they're trying to reboot it and and start a whole new beautiful absolute K one the, the 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 how do you say his name I forget L I U C E Luce Luce yeah Luce I'm pretty sure but um, what really dude I was so entertained I was so into it and I didn't know any of these guys you know what you know what did it for me was the tournament. Mm. It's the tournament. I first round, I didn't know any of these guys. That second round, though, I was like, I know these guys. Shit, that guy's gonna fight that guy. And then the final, boom! Like, oh shit, Grizzly Bear! I was so into it. I was uh, commentating with uh, Michael Chavello. That guy's insane. I love. Him. He's so good. And I when, when I say insane, I mean he's insane good. The big kabosh, dude. He's so good. He is an encyclopedia oh, of boxing of and, MMA. And, and MMA. MMA. Yeah. He knows. He knows fucking everything. Everything, dude. I was so impressed with. He him. used to be the guy for One FC. I don't know what happened. It fell apart. He left One FC. 
Sometimes things happen. Yeah, sometimes things happen, but he's a fucking man. Yeah, he's so good, man. And that tournament. He's a good was, dude, too. Man, it got me into it. Like, I'll watch the next one. As long as it's in tournament form, that's the key, man. That's what got everybody into the UFC is the tournaments. And then the you, UFC should hire Michael Chavello and do a fucking a, a Muay Thai card. Dana, I'll commentate. You heard me. I'll fucking commentate it. Does, Let's go. Does Is Dana a fan of kickboxing, though? Does he follow it? Dana's a fan of whatever works. He's a fan of fights. He just thinks that, for whatever reason, the kickboxing never caught on in America. And I think it's because of that PKA karate shit that they have in the 1980s. But dudes were wearing fucking long pants. And they couldn't kick the legs. It's a different sport, man. And there were some great fighters that came out of that. Guys like Rick Rufus. And, but it's just, it's a different sport. If you look at the fights on 1FC and you look at the fights and, you know, like the classic K1 fights, like, my God, how is that not exciting? It's so exciting. And if they have a fight with the little gloves on like K1 does or like uh, 1FC does, if Dana decided to get behind that, God, it would be huge. Muay Thai. UFC Muay Thai. Now, um, fuck yeah. Dana, I'll think, commentate. Do you think? Let's go. I'll promote it. Do you think um, tournaments are still possible? I mean, tournaments because because tournaments aren't possible in MMA because they say it's too brutal. But kickboxing is way more brutal. Well, you remember it's when we went more. to see Joe Schilling fight in L.A.? Yes, Last Man Standing. That yeah. glory. I think Joe fought three times that night. Yeah, which is crazy for a kickboxing fight. Yeah, he fought Artem Levin. Who else did he fight? If I uh, God, I don't remember who he fought. I don't remember everybody he fought that night. But God damn, that was a war. That was crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I remember meeting Gene Simmons there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the first time I met him, I embarrassed myself. You told that like, story. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be cool this time. He but... probably didn't remember, luckily. No, that guy's no. met a billion people. Oh, dude. Come on, man. You want a little cigar? Sure. Ron White gives me these. They're little baby cigars. You know, I'm not a big cigar guy, but let's... They're let's... like... They're basically like a cigarette. <clears throat> it's just like pure tobacco. It, right? No, you just puff on it. Just take a little puff. What do you think take of... What do you puff. think of uh, Bare Knuckle? Um, I love it. I love what Jorge Masvidal's doing. The Bare Knuckle MMA, MMA? fights. Yeah. I love it. Because yeah. that's what I think MMA should have been all along. Yeah. Why can you have bare elbows? Why can you have bare knees, bare shins? A shin to the face yeah. is okay. Yeah. But you have to protect your knuckles. The only thing that does is prevent cuts. And one thing it also does is protect your hands. Because you can't really go off like you can with bare. Like bare knuckle guys are more, they're more cautious about where they hit. Yeah. They're more precise. They have to be more precise. They break their hands. I think on paper, bare knuckle is way better than like traditional boxing. You know, can you imagine? I mean, if you asked, if you did a poll and you asked uh, if, what would you rather watch? Um, uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Pacquiao 4 or whatever it is, bare knuckle or regular boxing? I bet, I bet most people would say bare knuckle. Well, a lot right. of people that go over to bare knuckle are surprised at like how little protection you have and how much it hurts. Like yeah. that's where Mike Perry fucking shines. How's he doing right now? Killing he, it. He's killing it. Killing it. Fucked yeah. up Luke Rockhold in his last fight. Made him quit. Knocked his teeth out. Damn. Luke's like enough, dude. He's fucking everybody up because he's such an animal. Like if you're tough, 
And there's not a tougher human being alive than Mike Perry. He's like uniquely suited for bare knuckle fighting because he's just such a fucking savage. He's willing to kill or be killed, he, like legitimately. He's not, no fear. He goes in there, kill or be killed, and he's good, man. He knows how to fight bare knuckle. He's clever. Who do you think in the, that's currently in the UFC uh, is probably going to end up doing great in bare knuckle? That's a good question. Chris Camozzi just fought. He just fought that dude, the Juggernaut, who's the, um, I believe, the middleweight champion in Bare Knuckle FC, and uh, the Juggernaut beat him. Um, it's uh, the thing about it is, man, it's different. It's just different when you're just getting knuckles in your eyeballs and knuckles in your face. It fucking hurts more. It's it's more dangerous. Yeah, it cuts you up way more. You're losing teeth. You get hit with a knuckle right here. That tooth's gone. Son. Even even with like the highest level mouth guards, it helps a little. But really, you'd probably need a crazy thick mouth guard. You probably need something different. But even then, it's knuckles. You're getting that bone of a bony ass knuckle, and it's going right here. It's gonna fuck your teeth up, man. Now K one. They don't allow you to uh, do the plumb clinch and hold their head and throw multiple knees. You could only hold it like real quick. Right. What do you think about that? I don't think that's the way to go. I it, think it, elbows. One, one, they allow them to hold the clinch longer? Yeah. One is Muay Thai. Like okay. that fight, that was Muay Thai. They can clinch. They can elbow. I want them to be able to use everything. Yeah. All the tools. Yeah, the all more, the weapons. Yeah, why not? And let them do it with those little gloves too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the big gloves, the thing about the big gloves is you can offer a shield. Like, if you ever watch Badr Hari fight, he fights like this. So it's yeah. a shield, right? You have this big 10-ounce glove. It covers. It's cushioned. And you're fighting like this. Like, and Alistair, when yeah. Alistair was fighting in K1, they all fought like this. But you can't do that with those little gloves because the little gloves sneak, sneak around. Mm -hmm. And you can't do that even more so with bare knuckle. Because yeah. bare knuckle really sneaks around. There's no protection. It'll just slide off the fist right into your face. Exactly. And Mike Perry has developed a style where he holds his hands like real rigid like this. Yeah. It's different. Like he, he know, he's adapted to bare knuckle. And he also mm. has had several fights. So he knows what to expect. So if you're Luke Rockhold <clears throat> and you're fighting Mike Perry, this is your first bare knuckle fight, you've never fought bare knuckle because you certainly aren't fucking training bare knuckle. Like, you can train MMA with MMA gloves on, right? You can't really train bare knuckle, right? You got to wear gloves. So that first experience of getting a knuckle in your eyeball and a knuckle on your nose where your nose gets just fucking splattered all over your face, it's a different experience. Yeah, man. There's so many different um, sports now, uh, fighting sports, you know? There's so many. There's... Uh... Bare knuckle, regular boxing, even even regular collegiate wrestling is getting bigger. You know, that's getting bigger. Yeah. People are starting to I'm watching. I never really watched wrestling, but now I'm watching. I, I, I didn't realize, and, and I wrestled a couple years, and I didn't realize how fucking, uh, it much, how much it evolved. There's so much shit in wrestling, yeah. dude. There's yeah. so much shit. It's like everything else. Yeah. All it's these, like everything like, else. All these combat sports evolve. Yeah. There's just so many different ways two bodies that are clinched up and mangled up can go and do. It's just, it's so crazy. It man. is crazy. Yeah. I mean, um, and it's, uh, they're so technical now. Guys are so good. Well, you know my favorite shit, mm. combat jiu-jitsu, man. I'm, I'm not doing, I'm not uh, promoting combat jiu-jitsu because someone has a gun to my head, you know what I mean? I'm putting it, I'm, I'm trying to create or, or just take what has worked. Like the 16-man tournament, that's the best shit. 
69 yeah. tournament, that was UFC too. Mm. 16 that's why everybody got hooked to the ufc in combat jiu-jitsu it's great 60 because the 16 man tournament is a super fight factory mm-hmm. it just makes the super it's just a right. game and it's a it's an you don't have to know any of the fighters right nobody knew anybody from the ufc right ufc too i didn't know anybody that was a boxer a kung fu guy you see him win the first round and then yeah and then you go you're excited you now. just got to pay attention to yeah. the first round and accept that you don't even know you don't know these guys and know that by the time you get to the finals you're going to know these guys very well could you imagine if somebody brought the ufc back old school like bare knuckle old school you could wear a gi do whatever the fuck you want. 16-man tournament. 16-man tournament, no weight classes. Remember the Russian one that was 32-man? No. Dude, there was a Russian one, and Igor Volchanchin won that one. Of course he Remember did. Remember that shit? I love that guy. And he fought, he fought that... Uh, that huge Brazilian, uh, they, they called him Ricardo Moraes. Ricardo Morai. Ricardo Moraes. Remember was, that uh, guy? He's like Carlson six. Carlson Gracie's guy. Yeah, he's like 6'8". Yeah, giant. giant. And he got to the finals against uh, Igor Volchanchin. And to be honest, I maybe the Brazilian one. And, uh, it's hard to. I don't remember. Or the, you know what? It wasn't Igor Volchanchin. It was a guy named Mikhail something. God damn it. It was so long ago. It was like Igor Volchanchin looked like. <clears throat> he was supposed to be like six foot six, but they cut his arms off here. Yeah, and put a fist there. Yeah, like his forearms was so thick. Remember how thick that dude was? Yeah, he was so thick, and he yeah. would fuck people up. His legs, oak tree legs. Who was that Brazilian guy that he knocked out cold? Francisco Bueno. Yeah, dude, that's probably still up there. Francisco Find Bueno. Find that Igor Vovchenskin versus Francisco Bueno. Yeah. It was ruthless. Igor was a monster. And what I- Igor had, he was a he was a kickboxer with power in his hands. He was vicious. He was like five eleven, and five eleven wide. And and the one everybody wanted to take him to the ground. Everybody five eight. Five yeah, eight. Yeah, five eight. Yeah. Everybody Jesus wanted to take Christ. him. Everybody wanted to take him to the ground. Nobody wanted to stand with him. No. But the thing that Igor had was he didn't really have. Uh, a wide array of offensive techniques with jiu-jitsu, but he did have a good uh, good guard recovery, and it keeps you in full guard and survives. Look at that. Boom. Oh, my God. Show that again. Boom. Boom, boom. He, he hit him three times while he was out cold. Left hook, right hand on the chin, and then as he's going down, bing, bing. Dude. Oh, my God. Dude. Face planted. Is this Igor when he was younger? Oh, oh my God! Bare knuckle. That, that's the tournament. This is the one I'm talking about. I think. Wow. That's, that's how they should do it. No cage. Back up. Back See up. No See cage. how they did that? That is my fucking dream. That's what they should do, man. That is how they should have MMA. That's how we do combat jujitsu. We that's don't how, do it in the That's how they should have MMA. And you know that karate combat? I like that too. It's kind of yeah, like, you know, no one, sloped. no one wants to back up. You know what I mean? Right. Because they fall. Right. Igor Vovchanchin and, was a man. And, and the thing about Igor Vovchanchin is, is, check this out. This was all like in the 2000 um, area. I'm a purple belt, and I'm commentating for King of the Cage, right? And um, That's back, when you get soccer kicked to the head, too, in pride days. Yeah. And, Boom. And I, I commentated uh, um, pride 10 and 11. And I got to meet uh, Mark Kerr. Right, Mark Kerr, incredible. I mean, his story is incredible. Um, he 
wrestled in in college at a high level was it just he was a specimen he looked a little like fucking miles garrett mark uh, mark kerr the spec that was his nickname the specimen and the smashing machine right remember his story oh yeah man that story was i had kurt angle on the podcast the other day yeah. and kurt was talking about how good mark kerr was as a wrestler hell yeah and uh mark kerr told me because i got to hang out with him at pride 10 and we were hanging out at mcdonald's and we were just fucking shooting the shit and he said he told me the whole his whole story that like wrestlers were telling him to do the ufc back like in the late 90s and he go dude look at mark coleman wrestlers go in there and they just fuck everybody up you should do it you should do it they were trying to talk him into it I was like dude i'm not a fighter like that and he's just didn't have that uh mean violence yeah he was he super was so nice, guy. nice super nice guy and they he they twisted his arm and he was going to do a ufc and then he backed out he was like he he said he goes dude it's just too frightening so then he got offered to do an eight man tournament in brazil in the middle of nowhere before the internet or anything so he said you know what I'm gonna go try this thing in Brazil, and if I get fucked up, nobody's gonna know about it, and I'll just dip out, you know what I mean? And so he went down there and fucking destroyed. He ended up in the finals. It was bare knuckle, bare knuckle valetudo, MMA, old school, in a ring, no cage, and he, and in the finals he fought uh, Fabio Gergel. Was it Whoa. Fabio Gergel? It was Fabio Gergel. It was a, I'm pretty sure it was him. And um, dude, he was just in his guard the whole time. Never tried to pass. He was just in his guard in the corner and just headbutting and throwing fucking bare knuckles. And he cut his, he won. And the Brazilians just thought he was a monster. They called him uh, like the smashing machine in Portuguese, which is like Machina Destroy or something <laughs> like that. I don't know what it, what it but. <clears throat> Anyways, so he he said he goes after the after the fight. My hands are all cut up. They're all fucked up. They got infected. I went to the. I was in the. He said he was in the hospital. He got those. He oh, had, yeah, you get teeth in your hands. Yeah, he got all fucked up. He was in the hospital with like some kind of fucking sickness and shit. And then the promoter uh, taxed him way more than he thought. He was like, I'll never do this again. This was the worst fucking experience of my life. Even though he won. Even though he won, it was the worst experience of his life. He don't ever want to do it. It was he was in the hospital. They fucked him on cash and all that shit. But then when he got back and on the, the internet was just you'd you'd have like little fucking news pages and he would then he saw the magazine of of him on a, the cover of a magazine. He's looking like a destroyer. Yeah, uh, Brazilian magazine. And then that's what said that's what got him to to jump in a hundred percent. Do you remember when he tapped Dan Bobish with a chin to the eye socket? That was in the UFC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got a hold of him. He got inside control. We played it the other day. He stuck his chin in Dan. You know he had that big-ass chin? Yeah. He stuck his chin in Dan Bobich's eye socket and just fucking yanked his back of his head into yeah. his fucking eye socket. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. He tapped him with that. I'm like, how come no one's done that since? That's and, a pretty wild move. And I was telling him, I, I and this is what I tell all high-level wrestlers, even like low-level wrestlers. If you're a wrestler, you need to approach grappling not not in the sense where you want to beat jiu-jitsu. Like, uh, these guys can't take me down. You know, jiu-jitsu guys can't take me down. I'll outbox them. They can't box. I'm like, okay, okay. But what about the guys that can box? Like, kickboxers, you're going to have to take them down, right? Like, when you fight a kickboxer, you're going to have to take him down. You're going to have to learn how to pass the guard. And, get, and, I, and I would tell them, I go, dude, just get really good at passing the guard, uh, holding side control, submissions from side control, mount, get have a death mount. You need a death mount. 
uh, arm bars, rear naked chokes. Just you got to get good at passing the guard, Mark. And he said, dude, it just takes too much energy, man. It takes too. I'd rather just sit in the guard and just fucking pound. I'm like, there's gonna be guys that are gonna tie you up, and you're not gonna be able to ground and you can't ground and pound everybody. Some people you can, but some guys have a good defensive guard. And and a lot of wrestlers would say that too. It wasn't just Mark Kerr. They didn't want to pass the guard. They wanted to beat jujitsu. I'll just stay in the guard. So Coleman always did. Yeah, he yeah. headbutted dudes, punched him in the head in the guard. Yeah, yeah. So and then he fights Igor Volchanchin. Yeah. He takes Igor Vovchanchin uh, a couple times, two, three, maybe four times during that fight. But he can't pass his guard. And Igor Vovchanchin has a great chin. He's a kickboxer, so little ground and pound strikes aren't going to affect him that much. He's not going to freak out. And he had a really good close guard, and he would hold and he would tie up, and then they would stand him up. And now he got to take him down again. <clears throat> this is in Brazil. This is uh, Mark Kerr in Brazil right here. Wow. It's championship final. This is the final. Is that Fabio Gurgel? Who was uh, Marcelo Garcia's instructor? Let's see. I'll show you when he stands up, but it looks like they stay, stay like this for the whole time. Hmm, uh, interesting. That's the back when Pedro Hizzo, yeah, that's Fabio. <clears throat> that's when Pedro Hizzo was fighting, too. And remember the Pedro, too? Yeah. Do you remember when Gary Goodrich reached into the, the Pedro shorts and grabbed his balls and crushed him? Yeah. Yeah, you can yeah. grab balls. Can you find Igor Vovchanchin, Mark Kerr from Pride, and you'll see that he did. He was able to take down Igor Vovchanchin uh, relatively easy, but he couldn't pass his guard and couldn't finish him. And he had to stand up with him. And then eventually, after a couple stand ups, he was tired and he couldn't take him down no more. And then, you know, strikers light up; they smell blood. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then uh, he, he, I think it was TKO. I'm not too sure what kind of strike it was that ended the fight, but it was a it was a flurry, and um, that right there just shows like man, all the best grapplers, not all of them, but a large percentage of the best jujitsu guys in is. the U.S. are wrestlers that fell in love with jujitsu and got really good at guard passing, taking backs, mounting. Igor had fucking hammers for fists. Yeah, there was no way he wanted to stand with Igor. No. He did throw down a little bit. Yeah. A little short right hand. And then, boom, he knocks him down here. Damn. Yeah, I remember he hit him with, like, a big overhand right and knocked him down. See, he keeps taking him down. But he can't finish him. He can't. Right. He's, he's not he even just tying him up. Yeah, he's not attempting to pass his guard. He basically didn't like passing guard. He didn't. He didn't want to develop any guard passing skills. He liked just staying in guards and throwing down. But look at how Igor just wraps him up. It's and not only is he ha does he have a good guard and he's wrapping him up, but like I said, he's a kickboxer. He's used to taking punishment. Right. Like like if he had like a wrestler like this or a jujitsu guy, they they're not. I mean, he did cut him up. Look. But they're not um, gonna. But he's also tired. This was also this was during the smashing machine, and so this was when Mark was already going through his addictions too, man. Damn battle right here. Let's see how it ends. Oh, oh big that right, right hand. hand, big right hand. This is such a brutal fight. Ooh, there it is. Oh. Look at his traps, dude. God, dude, so huge. Damn. I talked to Ensign about fighting Igor, and he said it was like getting hit by a car. He goes, like, he's like getting hit by a car over and over and over again. He goes, it was just boom, boom. This was back in the 10-minute round days, which I loved. 
I love the 10 minute first round. I think the 10 minute first round was a genius idea because how many guys like, you know, they just fucking look at Marcus trying some sort of an ankle lock. Dude, that's not a, he almost had an Aoki mm-hmm. right there. But it's like, how many guys would take a guy down at four minutes and 20 seconds and then the round was over? Can we see how it ended? The last flurry. So, so many guys would, in, you know, the UFC, you'd take a guy down in the first round and, you know, you got no time to work. And you work so hard to get him to the ground and then the next round starts and you're standing up. Yep. That happens a lot too. What do you think about the idea of having used oh he hit him with the knee to the head on the ground look at that knee look at the sprawl on that knee boom. boom that's a serious fucking knee right there what do you think about the idea of starting every round in the same position where you ended the last round i'm not opposed to that i'm not opposed to that at all like i feel like you should earn your ability to stand up that was it oh that was it right that there was it. can you rewind that one real quick let's see the final shots his knees to the ground knees on the ground that's another thing that i i believe in I don't think oh, you should yeah, be able to turtle. Done. I don't think you should be able to turtle. Yeah. And not get kneed in the head. Yeah. Because that's a legitimate technique. If you can knee a guy standing up, why can't you knee a guy to the head on the ground? Totally. Especially if he's in the turtle. If he's like just hanging on to something, you're hanging on to one knee, you got a knee free, and his head's right there, but that guy can take you down and beat the fuck out of you. Can why you, can't you knee can, him in the head? Can you do that in game bread? Do you know? I don't think so. I think it's unified rules. It's just bare knuckle. I, I believe that's not, that's not unified rules though. That that sounds like they would just. I mean, bare knuckle, right? Yeah, that's like. It seems like there was a controversy of some kind after because he was complaining in the hallway, and oh. then they're shown some. Re- I don't know what they're saying in the video, obviously, but yeah, he got hit in like the back what, the, of the head the or top something. Of the head? I'm not sure. Is that not legal? Did they have like what they is had the a controversy? Hearing about it, it looks like interesting. I could go close caption and read it, but. This is other parts of the thing, I think. And then how about uh, Mark Coleman in the the heavyweight Grand Prix? He, I think he felt uh, he fought Igor Vovchanchin in the final. Did he? And he, I think he he, he fucked him up with knees from side contr- from north south. Yeah, I think Mark Coleman, Igor Vovchanchin, that was in the finals. I think of, you're right of the Grand Prix. And now I remember he won the Grand Prix, right? Mark Coleman did. Yeah, he was a champ. Yeah, I think the knees to the ground. One, it's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. If you can knee a guy standing up, if you can punch a guy in the face and kick a guy in the face, why can't you knee to the head? You can knee to the body, but you can't knee to the head? It would end so many more fights. So many more fights. How many times have a guy, a guy sprawls and the guy's in a turtle and it's a perfect position to throw the knee to the head, but you can't do it? Yeah. I think that should be legal. You know they're going to bring back 12 to 6 elbows. From where? From standing in the guard, anywhere. 12 to 6 elbows is illegal still, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Are, are illegal. Ill, did I say legal? Illegal. In the mount. Like if I'm mounted, right, right. you can't go like this. You can't go 12-6, yeah. which doesn't make any sense. But from full guard, you can. If you I was on my back in full guard, Because you it's can. going 6-12. Yes. Which is the dumbest shit of all yes. time. Yes. But standing, you can't do it. So like if you're you and I are standing and you rush at me and do that and hit me with a twelve to six elbow, that's, that's illegal. illegal. And they're gonna change that? They're gonna change that. Who's behind that? Novitsky talked to me about it. And he's He the, said, I know that this is something that you complain about all the time. We think we're gonna be able to get rid of that. I'm like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. It's the dumbest one. Because it's not even a more powerful elbow. Yeah. It's just they saw it all came from Big John McCarthy told me this. 
that in the early days of MMA, they would bring this to the athletic commissions, and they said, you can't do this because we've seen those karate tournaments where the guys break bricks like that. And ice. And ice. (laughs) They're like, you can't break bricks. Like, you could kill somebody if you do that. So they go, okay, no, no elbow like that. Elbow has to come at an angle. So it can come from, you know, it can't come from 12 to 6, but it can come, it can go 1 to 7. As long, which is the yeah. dumbest shit of all time. Yeah. Meanwhile, the hardest elbow is not that. The hardest elbow is this one. This is the hardest elbow, in my opinion, yeah. I believe. I mean, at least as far as I can throw it. Because you, you're throwing it like, uh, like a punch. Yeah. And I'm getting my weight into it. If I'm in a ground and pound position, like I've, I've done ground and pound work on a, you know, when you down, get a heavy weight down, uh, a heavy bag down rather, and I'm trying to see like what I can hit the hardest with. You can hit hard like that, but I can hit way harder like that. Fucking boom! You could just gen. It's so much more torque. You got all this snap, and it's also a a natural movement where your body has developed that sort of explosiveness doing that. It does it all the time. This is unnatural. I think. I mean, you could develop it, but it's just a better. It's a better option to have. You want to be able to have that option to throw that. Because if guys are doing this and you can go straight down the middle with an elbow, fucking you should be able to do it. Yeah. I mean, I I like um, what Chaudhry's doing with one. They're allowing, you know, knees knees on the ground. Got to allow, allow that. I mean, yeah. They allow like, soccer kicks. I think there was, I'm not sure. I think maybe they, like you can't stomp on their head anymore. <laughs> I think like, I think like if you have, if you're in a cage and the back of your head is. This is from 2021 when they made rules. Okay, okay. Uh, grounded athletes are considered grounded when they have any weight bearing part of their body other than the soul. What is this from? What what rules? Uh, this is when Colorado approved new rules for Colorado for one. Okay, this this is just for Colorado though. All hand strikes, including punches, forearms, and elbows to the head. Body and let all elbows. Interesting. So that means Colorado said twelve to six elbows legal. Uh, so that's where I got this from. There was an article from this year that said when they were doing the data review for finding out if they were going to allow knees to the head of a grounded opponent, the twelve to six elbow data was in there. Look, and- it says kneeing to the head of a grounded opponent is legal. Mm-hmm. This is Colorado. Mm-hmm. Wow. Why can't the UFC do that? Go back to that, please. Uh, okay. Shit. I want to see what else it says. <clears throat> um, up kicks to the body and legs to a grounded opponent are legal. Huh? How could you? But you up, can't up kick uh, to the head. Up kick to the head, body, and legs of a non-grounded opponent are legal. Okay. So you can't. You still can't up kick to a grounded opponent, which means. But that second to the, the last one, it says up kicks to the body and legs to a ground. How are you going to up kick a grounded opponent? To the standing. body and the head. To no, the body but, and the head. but but up kicks to the body and legs to a grounded opponent are legal. Like, how do you yeah. up kick a grounded opponent? He's not. If standing. you're on your back, if you're on your back and the guy's on top of you and he's got his knees on the ground, he's grounded. But okay. you can Up kick him in the chest. Oh, okay, okay. You can up kick him in the chest. So the body and the legs, but up kicks to the head, body and legs of a non-grounded opponent. If they're standing, if right. They're standing. So if they're standing, so if he's not grounded, he's standing. You can up kick him in the face. I feel like you should be able to upkick a guy to the base if he's on the ground, too. Remember that upkick uh, Oleg Taktarov again? And Enzo he- Gracie. Enzo Gracie. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. That one, that was probably the first one probably. that we saw probably, yeah. in a big fight. Yeah. And 
there was people thinking like, oh, lucky, lucky kick. But then Hensel was saying, no, dude, we practice this yeah. shit, dog. We practice this. And then uh, you saw, uh, was it Fabio Gergel, uh upkick Jerry Bolander? Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bro, guys who are really good kickers, if you get them on their back, they can fuck you up off their back. This is weird. Pouring water is illegal. Yeah, because um, they don't want you to become slippery. The cut man will apply Vaseline to the facial area. The problem with that is, once you get Vaseline on a face, that Vaseline's everywhere. fucking everywhere. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's on the, the neck. You don't the need chest. Vaseline. That's some old boxing shit that needs to be cut out. I believe you're yeah, right. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary. Right. Like, yeah. That's just some boxing bullshit that, that it's probably good for boxing, I guess, but for MMA, that Vaseline gets it's everywhere. It gets everywhere. Yeah, it gets everywhere. And... As a promoter or producer or someone who owns a fight show, you want as many finishes as possible, whether they're knockouts or submissions. So you'd want you'd want to like that's why in combat jujitsu we we make rash guards mandatory. Like you got to wear rash guards. We don't want two greasy bodies Beautiful. all over the place. Like, I like that. Wear rash guards. Yeah, you I know, like that. We because should make you wear that. Yeah. That cuts out greasing. Like yes. the complaint that that Gordon Ryan had against Nicky Rod. Yeah. yeah. And then you know Felipe Pena said the same thing. He's like he's greased. Yeah. It's like feel him. Yeah. You make it's mandatory. You got to wear a rash guard. I mean, ultimately, you know, probably make it. Uh, we haven't done it yet, but like ultimately, if there's a problem with greasing legs and stuff like that, uh, like we'll probably make like it like, like what you have to wear spats. I think spats and rash guards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just eliminate the greasing. Eliminate it. Because uh, other than that, like if like if you tested for greasing, like that would be so expensive. You'd have. And to, how could you? The only way you could do it is like you have before you as you walk in, they swab your back. But the problem is that's not even going to work because yeah. you know what guys do? They take a bath in mineral oil. So yeah. they lay, that's what Vanderlei used to old, do apparently. Old school shit. Yeah. They take a bath in mineral oil and then they dry off. So if you touch them, they're dry. But then once they start sweating, that oil comes out of the pores. And then they're like, whoop. Yeah. It's like trying to yeah, grab so, all of a sand. So that could only do so much. But, you, I mean, if when they walk in the cage, they should be warmed up. So they should be sweating. So you might be able to... Like maybe take like a like a like a big like a glove that is made out of like swab material and just go like down the back like that and then test it. That's, you know what it would but be, but that like, would be expensive as shit. Maybe you know what it'd be like. Like you know how like that. I don't even know if this is real, but you know how when people pee in the pool and they have something that shows the pee and totally. you can see it all blue. Yeah. Is that real? Oh, that's way real. Is it? Hell yeah, that's old old shit. I thought that was just I like just some shit from, from I movies. It was a rumor to fuck with kids. Yeah, no, 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 no. What would it be called? What do you think it'd be called? There's some chemical. Um, in the... Is there a chemical you could put to show when you're peeing in a pool? Because uh, there was a video that I saw that looked really fake. It was a bunch of girls that were in a pool together, and then one girl, like you see all this pee coming out, like this blue stuff. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, you dirty bitch!" And like they she run away from her because she's peeing in the pool. Yeah, no, that's real. That's for abuse. Uh, I don't know. No, if it's no, real. no, it's real. I've heard about that. You put a chemical in the pool, and when you pee, it turns, it turns urine, blue. Urine indicator dye is a mythical substance that what? is supposed to be able to react with urine to form a colored cloud in a swimming pool or hot tub. It's Thus mythical? Indicating the location of people who are urinating. Oh my God, water. I thought it was real. I did too. Let me hit that light. A couple weeks ago. I thought it was like, I didn't, like, it doesn't seem like that crazy of a product. It might be like super toxic. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine how it? much of that stuff you'd have to put in the water, and then that stuff's in your eyes. But think about how toxic a, just a regular swimming pool is. Like, all the chlorine that's in there. Good point. That's got to be horrible for you, right? Bro, you know what we played the other day um, on uh, Protect Our Parks? We were trying to figure out why is there fluoride in water? Yeah, that's There's the old, that's the no oldest yeah, reason. That's for the oldest to be in drinking That's water. such an old conspiracy theory. It's a real it's one. It's so old. And they they literally open up bags of fluoride and dump it into the, the local drinking water. It's like something you do. Not only that, we we played it on Protect Our Parks. We were like trying to figure this out. There's a direct correlation between high levels of fluoride in drinking water and low IQs. I believe it. Like, 100%. Like why would they why would they Open up sacks of fluoride and put it in the water. You know why? Because you got fluoride and you're trying to sell that shit. Yeah. Imagine if you're in the fluoride business and you're hearing us talking like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> because if people stop drinking or pu putting fluoride in drinking water. And w the official reason, and I don't know, this could, this might be bullshit. Tooth but decay. Yeah, they're trying to like Bro. take care of our teeth. Brush your fucking teeth. Yeah. You know what I said that's like? That's like if some people are getting skin cancer, oh, we're going to put sunscreen in apples. Yeah, same thing. Why would you do that? Yeah. Just wear sunscreen. You can get sunscreen yeah. anywhere. Oh, you really care about our teeth that, right, mu that you, much? You care about our teeth that much? You're sending fucking uh, shipments like uh, those... Uh, shipping containers filled with fluoride in these sacks that you open them Dumping up. Dumping them into reservoirs. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. There are some cities that have... Uh, stopped doing they that? They stopped it. They, they, they should stop they get doing the, that. The community gets together. They should and says, get together. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it starts, really. That's the a weird one, man. That's one that's been around for a long <laughs> time. By the way, who doesn't brush their fucking teeth? Dude, I didn't go to the dentist for 10 fucking years. For yeah. 10 years. I went zero cavities. Yeah. Zero cavities. I don't drink fucking tap water. Yeah. Ever. Never. Ever. Never. I also eat very little sugar, and I brush my fucking teeth. Yeah. Dude, I got Invisalign. So do I. I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> I, For the first time, when I first started wearing it, uh, uh, Trey the Truth was on the podcast, and uh, he wears a grill. And I was like, bro, how do you wear that grill and talk? Like, Because it was fucking with my talking. The first time I wore it on a podcast, I had to not wear it. I could still hear it a little. Can you hear it, Jamie? No, I thought I looked at your teeth and I'm like, damn, it looks like he has a visit line, but he doesn't. He would, but you do. I wear that shit all the time too. I'm trying to clean my teeth up, man. My, yeah, my lower teeth have been crooked forever, and my doctor said it would probably help my sleep apnea. What do you think of my teeth? Pretty, they're nice. You got nice teeth, bro. You got a nice Thank beard. You. I like you. that beard. <laughs> I was saying that uh, I shaved my beard before I got here today because I look too old. I did a music video the other day, so I grew up my beard because I played a. Uh, a coyote, uh, like I you love know those. That video. You said it to me. I love that video. <laughs> and uh, that song is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a confusing song. <laughs> El coyote. Purposely. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I'll <laughs> shave it. I just want. I never really had a full beard. I like it. I'll see what's up for a while. I look like a fucking ninety-three. I know it. You remember when uh, Evan Tanner died and I grew that full beard? We all did. Yeah, Evan Tanner was was a legend, man. Legend. Legend, man. I really like that guy, man. Man. When he died, <clears throat> it was when uh, I was living in Colorado. And uh, I said, fuck it, man. I'm going to grow my beard. I, grew, I had a fucking full-ass beard. I was a big Evan Tanner fan. He was a big Evan Tanner fan. He was a... Uh, Interesting. Was a, he had good jiu-jitsu. And back in the day, not that many UFC fighters that were non-Brazilian 
had good jujitsu. You just didn't see it that right. much. And he was like one of the first. You remember when he won the middleweight title and he fought Dave Terrell? How did he win? Dave Terrell caught him in a guillotine and almost fucking had him. And he gassed out and Evan, Evan Tanner pounded him out. That's how he won the middleweight title. Dave Terrell, man. Beast. God damn, was his jujitsu good. Beast. And still is, I'm sure. He, One of the very first elite leg lockers. Yeah. Yeah. Elite leg lockers. Yeah. And, and a fucking and, animal. And Dave Terrell was uh, one of the, I mean, he was one of the first no pure no-gi pioneers. Mm. There was a couple out there. You know, there's Chris Brennan, there was Dave Terrell, Eric Paulson. Shout out to Chris Brennan. Yeah, there was, there, there was like maybe four guys that got their black belt in the gi that decided to go no gi. Dean Lister. Dean Lister. Uh, yep, yep. I, yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I, he doesn't really train Bro, you've been gi. paying attention to Jeff Monson? What happened? Jeff Monson lives in Russia, speaks perfect Russian. Go to Jeff Monson's Instagram. I think it's Snowman. Snowman Monson. I forget what it is. He's a full-on Russian. He lives in Russia. He supports Mother Russia. He's got a fucking CCP. He's got like a, 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 a hammer and sickle tattoo. He's all in. Interesting. He just, this is Jeff Monson, man. He's all, he's fucking Russian now. He defected. He's a Russian citizen. See if you can go to a video where he's talking in Russian, because there's a lot on his Instagram where he's, dis he's talking in Russian. See so if you can find one of the, there he goes. Play that. I got fascism in there. How wild is that? I wonder what the hell he said. I don't know. I hope we didn't say, let him say anything is, horrible. Is Russia, <laughs> is Russia considered communist still? Yeah. Still. I mean, Russia don't they, is. Don't they? Don't they? It's wait, a dictatorship. So, wait, wait. The Soviet well, Union. Actually, no. Let me say that. Let me say that right. I'm wrong. No. They have elections. <laughs> but, man, the whole. The but whole, if, you, if you want to run against Putin, bro. Yeah. Good yeah. luck. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck with all that. You ain't got much time when left. When was the last time they had an election? Well, you know that guy, Prigozhin, who tried to make a, a coup against uh, Putin, and he just died in a plane crash? Is that, that that coup that lasted like six hours? The guy who like they were literally headed towards Moscow. He was the head of the Wagner Group, headed towards Moscow, and then they pulled back at the last minute. Yeah. And and Putin's like, yeah, bro, I'll see you in a little bit. And his plane blew up in the sky. There's yeah. a video of his plane in the sky, and it's like on fire in the sky. Yeah. Nothing suspicious about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But, like, Soviet Union was communist, and then the Soviet Union fell. Like, the history of the Soviet Union and, and today's Russia mm -hmm. is really confusing to me. Like, I don't, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe with anything, like, when, when in regards to history. Like, man, it's just like, what is real and what's not? I'm just like, fuck. i just like, okay, let's just see how everything plays out. But Soviet Union fell, yes. so I thought like Russia cl is claiming like uh, democratic socialism it's or something. Sort of democratic, but Putin sort. is basically running it because Putin was the president of Russia or whatever you know whatever they call it over there, and then he stepped down, and then his main guy took over, and then Putin's like fuck this, I'm taking over again, and now he's running it, and he's been running Russia. 
Was it when did he start running? When was his second term as the president of Russia? I have no. You know who also idea. has a, a fucking uh, Soviet passport or a Russian passport? Roy Jones. Really, Roy Jones Jr. is tight with Putin. Interesting. Yeah, well, he's a star over there, man. Really? Yeah, man. He he had a bunch of boxing fights over there. They love him over there. They they love like you know elite combat sports athletes and psh, Roy Jones Jr. in his prime was the fucking man. Yeah, when you talk about the all time greats, you can. In his prime, he may have, I would say he's the best technician ever. One of the best athletes that's ever competed in boxing. He I mean, was so fast. Think about that one round he had with uh, Vinny Pazienza where oh. only round in- CompuBox in, history. Yeah, in CompuBox history where Vinny Pazienza couldn't land a punch. Incredible. Incredible. And yeah. then Roy tried to stop the fight. He was teeing off on him. He said to the referee, come on, man. It's over. Yeah. And the referee's like, continue. He's like, all righty. Okay. Putin has been Russia's most powerful politician since he assumed the presidency in 2000. Um, after resignation of his predecessor, Boris Yeltsin. And, but the, he stepped down for a while and then came back again, though. But he was, like, still kind of in power. If he still remains in power in, until 2036, his tenure will surpass even that of Joseph Stalin, who ruled the Soviet Union for 29 years. Supposed to have six-year terms, but he created a new law that can allow that term limit to be reset. It's a good move. <laughs> it's a good move if you want to run things. That's what uh, Chris Rock was saying about uh, Trump. When, what did he say? When Trump made it into office, he's like he's never getting out of there. He's, he'll change the fucking laws. He's not going to stop being president. I remember Chris Rock was saying that on stage. It was hilarious. You know that guy, uh, Yuri Bezmenov, that you, you bring up every now mm -hmm. and then? And he explains um, ideological subversion, right? Bro. If that shit's real and it seems like it's real, then does that mean Russia is responsible for all our shit? If it's not real, what a prediction. Yeah. What a crazy prediction that we would lose all faith in our democratic process and that we would all, the, the children from the universities will, will all adapt Marxist, Leninist philosophy. They all do. Yeah. I mean, how many people are young kids that consider themselves Marxists? Yeah, so are we, are we in the middle of a fucking, of, of a Russian infiltration? Or is it Chinese? Well, I think both of those countries are very clever. You know, they, they do some very clever things. And one of the things that China does is they buy up corporations. Do you know how many – someone showed me a list of all these corporations that are run by China. I don't even know if this is true. Is – is is uh, what's the, the Chinese president? Uh, Xi Jinping. Xi Jinping. Is Xi Jinping and um, – what's his fucking name from Russia? Uh, Putin? Putin. Are they like – buddies because they're both like communists right well um i'm confused there i'm sure they're united against america now you know and if yuri bezmanov if he's right he's basically saying that russia is, has has put we're under some kind of like 20 year russian infiltration ideological subversion plan or something yeah. like that yeah what it, what he That's was basically scary. saying was that they have this very long game approach whereas the united states we try to do things quickly and we think about short term whereas in russia they think about things very long very long 
Yeah. They're also, they're not a, they don't, they're not afraid of people dying over there because they lost so many people in so many wars. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for Russia, <clears throat> Russia holding off the Nazis, Russia helped us win World War II in a giant way, in a fucking giant way. And you look at the losses that Russia faced. What was that? The one battle that Shane Gillis brought up during the podcast, like Shane Gillis is a gigantic history buff, and he brought up this one battle where Russia lost some fucking insane amount of people holding off the, the Nazis. I mean, insane amount of people, like way more than any war we've ever lost. That was one of the things that people always said about Russia. Like the girls are so hot and there's like they so outnumber men. Because so many men died. Yeah. So many men died over there. So for the longest time, it was like this overabundance of these hot Russian women. And how many of them came over and became spies? Yeah. Man, it's like, what the fuck is going on? It what is going like, on? It's like, <laughs> I don't know what to believe anymore, dog. It's like, it almost seems like... There's a there's a great awakening and then there's a great reset, you know. Klaus Schwab talking about the great reset, um, and then there's a great awakening. A lot of people are waking up. It's like sometimes I feel like the great awakening is winning, and then sometimes I feel like the great reset is winning. Like when you start, like all this fighting that we're doing, we're fighting over like dumb shit all the time. And I'm like, all the time, like it, bathrooms, me, and gender. Yeah. Meanwhile, like this new world order is like uh like digital currency and climate change yeah it's yeah. like what the <clears throat> fuck is going on it just seems like it seems like um like 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 there's our politicians here you know the ones that we see the ones that are on tv and then whatever's above them the guys we don't see maybe they just want to just destroy america like how do we destroy america how do I we think, make it i think what they want is control and they and, want control the way that china has control the way that russia has control yeah and yeah. <clears throat> there's so much freedom in america in terms of freedom of speech and freedom to do whatever you want it's like it's like a like on the surface, we see the left fighting with the right, right? On yeah. the surface, right? But what if the overall goal is to get us, like, the only way we're going to have, like, a military regime, like, the controllers, they want as, as much of a military regime as possible, maybe disguise it so we don't think we're under. But the best way to do that, the most... Uh, the, the, not the easiest, but the best way is you got to make the people embrace the military, right? You got to make them embrace. How do you make them embrace it? Right now, we're kind of embracing it. We're like, oh, where's the military tribunals and all that shit with all the shit? It's almost like that. Like, were we tricked? Are we being tricked into embracing the military? Like, there's so like, I don't know which way the shit's going. <clears throat> it's just so all over the fucking place, man. There's like all the stuff that Biden is doing. It's like. It's like, who, who's advising this motherfucker? You know what I He's mean? He's running again. <clears throat> and then they're talking about they're so talking wild. about Michelle Obama running. They, that keeps yeah. coming up. Ted Cruz just talked about. That. I think Gavin Newsom can win. You don't think Michelle Obama has a better chance? She's a if she wants woman, to do it. She's a minority. Yeah, if she wants to do it. Yeah. But it, does she want to do it? I mean, she never expressed it. It seems like Gavin Newsom wants to be president. Yeah. And he like fits the bill. 
handsome, tall, smooth talker. Like, it was so much better than Biden as a president. I mean, that's <clears> that's a no-brainer. It just seems like, man, are, that was, is, this, I was is this a trick? Is this a trick? Is this just so obvious? He's is trying it? to figure out how to remove these homeless encampments in California, but there's laws against it. There's laws that prevent you from pushing those people out. I will say this. Though, I will say this. People talk a lot of shit. I mean, I'm in California for the weather. I like the weather, man. The weather's, weather's amazing. A, the weather's amazing, dude. We've had like probably uh, 14 days over 100 degrees. And y'all's out here and in Florida, you guys are like six months of just death. You know what I mean? Bro. And I don't say you like it, it because like it. if you like it, turn your air conditioner off and tell them how much you like it. Everybody says they like it as long as they're in air-conditioned uh, Right, but facilities. that's how California is too. When it's 100 degrees outside but it, in but California, no, about the, you want to be... No, no, the amount of days per year. That's true. There's so It's few. way more. It's, it's way so hotter here for and, longer. And um, I almost moved to Florida. I almost did it. I almost went to Tampa. Um, thank God I didn't. I'm glad I waited it out. But um, all the during the height of, of all the BS... Man, it was so scary on the 101. There were the homeless just, they were on Everywhere. the freeway. So if Everywhere. you're in rush hour on the 101, it's like Mad Max, dog. It yeah. was fucking scary. You're like, you're just sitting there and there's all these people around you just living and camped out on the Bro, freeway. If they just got rid of that, if they just eliminated the homeless encampments, find shelter for these people, get them counseling, that's A. That's but, number but, one. But, they did clean all that up. They're not on the freeways no more. Not on the they, freeways. They but they still, if you go to Venice, it's a disaster. If you yeah, go to but Santa not, Monica, they, it's a disaster. They have cleaned it up a little bit. I can't deny it. I see okay. it. They, they should have, clean it up, clean it up, yeah, like all yeah. the way. And there was this, Do that. you know, I drive in the downtown all the time, and there's a, certain, there's a certain bridge that I drive under, and it's always, every, every day is just, it's, People like put up like houses there. Yeah, they you have electricity. I mean? They tap in the lines. But they cleaned it out. Good. I don't know if they cleaned it out everywhere, but in Good. my path where I see, I'm like, they're doing something about the homeless. Good. They, yes. Good. Yes. yes. Praise I, I, to them for doing that. Yeah. Next step, you got to eliminate these fucking crazy DAs that take these violent fucking people that shoot people and assault people and rob things. You got to you gotta have fucking police. You got to yeah. have law and order. All this defunding the police is too scary. These smash and grabs in all these stores. Fuck you. Bro, yeah. these smash and grabs are great. Down the street from my old podcast studio at the Topanga Mall, they fucking smashed into the Nordstrom. Yeah. They just smash and grab everything. They did it in Century City. They did it in Beverly Hills. It seems like, uh, man, it just seems like. If he can clean that up. If you could refund the police, clean that up, make L.A. safe, like 2016 safe. I don't think that's going to happen. Why not? Bro, if that guy did that, he could, he could get a lot of people's vote for president. They just cleaned up. Cut just the fucking taxes, cut, too. Like, the, the California tax taxes are, are like, taxes what the are fuck are we doing over tax, here? But if the taxes were worth it, right? If it's worth that 14% to live in the state. Look, I don't mind paying taxes, right? I don't want to pay too much taxes, but people think I moved here to not pay taxes. That is not the case. If L.A. was the same L.A. from 2015, I'd still be in L.A. 100%. I miss the comedy store. I miss 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu. I miss all the restaurants I used to go to. I miss all my friends. I miss it. But they just got too crazy during the pandemic. 
They just got too crazy with shutting down businesses. They got too crazy with telling people what they can do and what they can't do. Too crazy with mandating vaccines for kids to go to school. They got too crazy with all those things. If they didn't do that, I don't mind paying the taxes, man. Yeah. I don't mind. I get it. I, I get it. I'm wealthy and it, it shouldn't affect me as much as it does other people. I get that. But I'm saying that, like, if it was worth it, if you got something out of it, if there's something you get from it where it's like, it's worth that 14%. But yeah. 14% is crazy. That's so much money. Yeah. If you make $100,000 a year, you have to pay $14,000 to the fucking government. For what? For what? Yeah. That's so much money, man. 14 grand? Yeah. If you make 100 grand? Now you make 96, or now you make 86. And then you got to pay federal tax. And then you got to pay federal tax. Yeah. And then you got to pay sales tax. Yeah. And property tax. I mean, oh. there's so many taxes. But if it was worth it. And then they got this mansion tax. Do you know about <laughs> the mansion tax? I heard about that. That's I don't crazy. know too much about that. Put up, pull it up. Whitney Cummings was complaining about it. <laughs> if you have a house and it's worth a certain amount of money, I don't know who pays it, whether it's the buyer or the seller. But there's a tax that gets slapped onto it, like if it's worth X amount of money. Dude, I got to piss so bad. Go piss. Go piss. Pause. I'll piss too. I just commented like. Oh, okay. We so playing, it's like a full, are we recording a, this? I mean, we are. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Gillis is deleting Jamie's posts. When Jamie comments on Shane Gillis's Instagram, Shane deletes it. The first it's over was, football, though. Yeah, it was just a gif. It was just like a response, you know, Ohio State fun gif. And it's gone. I was like, well, what happened? What, Who so, took it down? So, Instagram, I thought Instagram took it down. Notre first. Dame lost? Yeah, I thought Instagram was thinking I was bullying him, but that's not the case. And who's they, what was it, Ohio State? Yeah, they scored in the last play of the game, fourth down, oh, one-yard run. Oh, shit, right down to the wire? Yeah. <clears throat> football, football's leaving. emotional, man. You, you spend a lot of time. Shane like, believes in censorship. That's yeah, what that's I'm getting what I've, That's this. all I've understood <laughs> about this whole thing. Shane believes in censorship. It gets, dude, you, you spend all week thinking about this game Sunday, and then you it. play like shit, and you waste three, <clears throat> four hours watching this motherfucker. It, it leaves a bad tasting. I get it. I get it now after I went to that game, and yeah. I saw how hyped people get in oh, yeah. Dallas. Seeing oh, the Cowboys yeah. playing Dallas. Cowboys smoked them, smoked yeah. the Jets. But it was wild watching it, man. I was like, this is fun. They lost last night, and the Cowboys fans are so pissed about it. It goes back and forth, dude. <laughs> yeah. Back and forth. Of if course. you lose... Everybody shits on you. If you win, oh my God, we have a chance to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. It's very emotional. There's a lot of shit talking going yeah. on in football. I can get into it a little bit, but I don't have the time to really get into I it. Like, I'm into it because I've always been into it, but it's also, I know that sports are a distraction. They want, like, you know, like empires. They like the circus and the distraction. I know it's a distraction. It's, a, it's meant to distract you from... Uh, from what's really going on, and it, it gets you to not pay attention, like to you know what uh, the government's doing to you and all that shit. But that might have been why it was initially created. Yeah. But right now, it exists as a beautiful form of entertainment yeah. that makes people's lives. Happen. But I use it for distraction because I'm like, right. I, you can't be kept in conspiracy all day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I need. I like watching music documentaries and football. That's what yeah. I do to get away from fucking. Do you know what I get? I get away from. I watch professional pool. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazier than football. <laughs> That's what I watch. Because it's completely apolitical. Is are there team pool sports? Yes. There's a thing called the Moscone Cup. And it's a team. 
Yeah. It's like quintet. It's like Team USA versus Team Europe. It's a big event that happens every year. And one year it'll happen in the United States. Like last year it was in Vegas. This year it's in London. And the people cheer and scream. How many people per team? wild. That's a good question. I'm not sure. But they play two at a time. So two people play against two people. So if you and I were playing, so if you're playing nine ball, nine ball is rotation pool. It means you have to make the one, then you have to make the two, and then when you make the nine, you win. So if you and I were on a team, you would make the one ball, but you'd play position for me to make the two ball. Then I would make the two ball, and then you would make the three ball. That's how, it's, that's how the game's played. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't like that. I like one-on-one. One-on-one's my favorite. Who's the Hicks and Gracie of pool right now? Shane Van Boning is a dude from South Dakota who's deaf. And he turns his hearing aid off when he plays. He doesn't hear shit. He just goes into the zone. You could talk shit about him all day. You could say crazy things. He doesn't even hear it. He's just in the zone. And he's just dedicated. Dude practices eight hours a day. He beat this dude <clears throat> in this tournament he played last week. He beat this dude 10 to nothing, and he ran nine racks. So for nine racks, he broke and ran out. What's running nine racks? What does that mean? It means the other guy doesn't even shoot. Because he, he just made every shot. He made every shot. It's crazy that people could do that. So good. He's so good. Damn. If you watch him play, he's a machine, man. He's a machine. He makes shots. And also, like, getting a shot on the one after the break. Like, what are the odds you're going to get a shot in the one? He ran seven racks in a row. Is there a skill to that, the oh, break? yeah, yeah. He's got to hit it as hard as possible. It's not as hard as possible. It's as accurate as possible, and sometimes it's the right speed. Sometimes if you hit it too hard, the balls scatter too much, and you don't, you don't have control. But if you hit it just the right speed, you will make, like, the one ball on the side, and the two ball likely will bounce out and get a shot. And this motherfucker ran seven racks in a row in a big tournament against the best players in the world. And then he ran two more racks, and then he fucking won the game. And, and he's an American? He's an American, yeah. He's maybe the best of all Are there time. countries that produce uh, – is it random, or is there certain countries that produce good I'm a players? big fan of the guys from China. Huge. I'm a ch- huge sense. fan of the guys from China and the guys from the Philippines. Those are some of my, my favorite players. And Taiwan. There's these two brothers out of Taiwan, the Ko brothers, Ko Yi and Ko Ping Chung. They're my favorite players to watch. I love watching those guys play. Do they ever play against each other? Yeah, they do. It's funny. It's funny watching them play because they have the same kind of style. It's like the Rutolo brothers, you know? A little bit. They had to, yeah. they had to fight in the finals of, I think it was the Brown Belt, Gi Worlds, or was it Black Belt? But yeah, they, they don't fake shit, dude. No, <laughs> the Rotolo brothers are fucking animals. Animals. Dude. Those guys are all animals. natural too, and they're yeah. like twenty years old. Yeah, and they're amongst the best in the world. And they're just getting started. And they have a deal with One FC too. Yeah. They do the One yeah. FC grappling yeah. thing over there, dude. That's another thing I love yeah. about One FC. They, they got mix Mike it all up. Met you over there, and I love it. They I mix love it that up. They do that. You, yeah. You go to they uh, Shatri um, invited me to that Denver show, the first US US show. That was insane, man. That was insane. It was just a mix of kickboxing, MMA, grappling. Love and, it. And the grapplers came out with, like, uh, you know, they look like superstars. Like, the Rutolo brothers, and Mikey Musumeci, they're superstars. What I love about Chatri and what he's doing with 1FC is they're embracing all the aspects of martial arts. They have Muay Thai with little gloves. They have jiu-jitsu. They have real fucking elite-level MMA. It's fucking great. They yeah. even have kickboxing. Yeah. So they have kickboxing which is no elbows 
You know, no no clinch. Oh, it, they have regular kickboxing. Oh yeah, yeah. And what style is that called? Kickboxing, like glory. Glory is regular kickboxing. No elbows. No elbows. No knees. No knees. You can go knees. You can go knees, but you can't clinch and throw knees the way everybody else does. It's like K1. K1 was kickboxing. It's not K1 is not MMA. Yeah. Or excuse me, it's not Muay Thai. So K1 does not allow elbows. K1 does not allow elbows, but they do allow allow a brief clinch. Yep, like a brief clinch. One knee, one knee from the clinch. You can't hold on like Anderson Silva did with Rich Franklin. Hold on and just batter him with knees. Remember when yeah. Anderson Silva got that plum on Rich Franklin? Yeah. And just destroyed him. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, Bro, Anderson in his prime. The, the yeah. interesting thing about, or one of the interesting things about Anderson Silva, there's so many, but he was like middle of the road for a while. He right. wasn't. He was just one of those dudes from Shootbox coming up. Mm -hmm. He was winning. He was losing. He fought uh, Ryu. What was that guy's name? The Japanese guy that did the flying uh, flying uh, heel hook on him. Yeah, yeah. it was a like one of those. He was uh, Mayhem's training partner. What yeah. was that dude's name? Uh, Ryu. God damn it. Anderson Silva versus. I'm embarrassed that I forgot his I'm name. I'm embarrassed, too. Yeah. It starts on an R, though. I know that. <laughs> that guy was good. Yeah. He threw that crazy flying scissor takedown to a heel hook, which yeah. is like, that's pro wrestling. Well, it's actually- I mean, um, It's legit, but- It's that? No. That, uh, that's it right there. Rio Chonan. There that's we go. It. I was right Rio with Chonan. Yeah. yeah. Right. Check out this fight. See if you can find that. It was a good fight, too. So this was Anderson before he went to Cage Rage. Remember he went to Cage yes, Rage? Yes. And when he went to Cage Rage, that's when he became the fucking man. When he, he went to Cage Rage, bro, so Rio Chonan, he threw this flying is it gonna show it in here? Like they're discussing it. It's a video about the whole Do they have the the actual segment? Oh, See if you can scroll. It, there it is. There Look it is. at this. Boom. Look at that. That well, is crazy. Yeah, that was like Marvin Castell. Crazy. The yeah. way he oh. did it, crazy. That move, by the way, is illegal in uh, my tournament. Really? Because it, it's it, too, too it, many knees dude, it, destroyed. It, you can just break a leg right there. I've, oh, yeah. I witnessed right in front of my face a leg getting destroyed, and it just I'm oh. like, okay, that is banned. We are banning that one. What happened? You know, one of my students just did that move that you just saw, and he Snaps landed. He face. landed on uh, the shin, and it fucking snapped, man. Oh. And it was not good. It was. Not what good. happened to uh, Richie? Did Richie get his leg snapped recently? With Craig Jones? Yeah. No, he he tweaked it. He heard it. Craig Jones did some crazy behind the back uh, toe hold thing that it was it was fucking crazy. But yeah, you know, Craig, Craig Jones doing some wild shit, man. Craig Jones, one of the best in the world, one, one of the, of the best, best to do it, you know. And um, you know, they won the, the quintet team tournament. It was it was fucking badass, man. We got to the finals uh, against B team and Craig Jones just too much, you know. But you know, we did great. My guys did great. Everybody did great, man. It looked like a break. That's why I was scared. It looked like he broke his ankle. Maybe something got cracked, but he didn't tell me. He was, you know, we were walking right afterwards. It wasn't really. He wasn't limping or anything. Oh, okay, so it just popped. Yeah, a little pop on the outside. If it pops on the outside, there's really, there's nothing you can really do. I mean, there's no surgery for it. You just, you just Rehab wait it, it out. You just wait it out. You know, I've had my ankle pop many times, and then yeah. it's, it's sore and tender for a long time. You know, I had my time. my ankle popped once, and it swole up, and then the whole thing was black. Yeah. Like my whole ankle is black. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm never gonna throw a kick again." Yeah, 
Oh, there it is. Yeah, here it is. Oh, that was it's after. Hard to see what happened. I mean, I could show you. But yeah, you show it right before this. So here it is. Before that. Okay, so look at him. He reaches with his left hand. He reaches behind his his back, like right there. Look at left hand, right there, and then he puts a toehold. So he's got his left hand on one side of Richie's leg and his right hand in between the legs with a toehold. You couldn't really see it in that angle, but uh, I never really seen that before. That was uh, look at this. Boom. Look at this. Like, do boogie. you remember when Craig Jones boom had that match with Vinny Magalhaes and he broke his ankle? Yes, he broke his yeah. shit. Yeah. He broke his shin bone, right? I don't know the. I think it was his I shin don't know bone. The, the exact because, damage he did because Craig tried to tell him, "Hey, it's broke." He's like, "It's okay." He's yeah. like, "Yeah, but it's broken." Like, that was like gruesome. it's like moving around. Yeah, that was he, gruesome. I talked to Vinny when Vinny was at Abu Dhabi. He's like, "Yeah, I'm still kind of fucked up." Yeah. I think he had yeah. to get a plate in it. Vinny was one of the first leg lock pioneers in, in ADCC. Vinny people for, people forget about that. He won he won the whole thing, I think, in two thousand was it seven or nine or something? And he was heel hooking the shit out of people, him and Dean Lister. Yeah. They came up and I think uh, Vinny's the last guy to beat Gordon. Is he the last one? I believe so. I think so. Do you remember when Vinny uh did a flying arm bar on Pay Depano? I don't remember that. And the jujitsu match? No gi. Beautiful. I don't remember that. On Pay de Pano? Beautiful. Let's see if we can find that. Beautiful. Pay de Pano. Beautiful. Vinny Magalas. I don't. Pay de Pano's a fucking animal. Yeah, I don't remember that one. He hit him with a flying armbar. See if you can find that. Vinny Magalas, Pay de Pano, flying armbar. Oh, it's fucking gorgeous. And to see a guy do that on a world champion at that high a level and to catch it, yeah. it was. Yeah. Picture perfect. Yeah, and what I was saying about Anderson Silva was he wasn't he didn't come out as this like the baddest motherfucker on the no. planet right away. He took it took a while. Right. You know, then he went to uh Cage Rage. Yes. And he started fucking people up. That's what was it what was his biggest what was his biggest win in Cage Rage? Lee Murray. Oh. Oh. Remember that? Yeah. Lee Murray was a fucking killer. There's a documentary about him. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, I was talking to Guy Ritchie about it. Lee Murray was a real gangster yeah. who could fight. He wound up he wound up being part of the crew that committed the biggest armed robbery in the history of the UK. Bro, Insane. they had like fucking Insane. like a movie, like heat. Like yeah. full face masks on and goggles and fucking tactical equipment, and bulletproof vests. And they robbed every they I think they stole like fifty million dollars. Something crazy. And they got away with it for a while. Eh, sort of. Everybody kind of knew. <laughs> it's one of those things in the in the fucking criminal world. Like those guys aren't real good at shutting the fuck up. Yeah, you know, and they're wild people. If you're if you're doing something like that, you got friends, and you're telling your friends, and those friends are probably going to get arrested, and then they're going to fucking hey, I know some shit. <laughs> Next <Yeah>. thing, <laughs> see if you can find. Did you find that? I don't know how to spell the other guy's name. P E. P E. Oh, wait, I just found it. Oh, okay, here we go. Pompedepano. De Pon. um, that's his nickname. That's part of the problem. Oh, yeah, I forget what's his, his real name? Marcio Cruz. There oh, it is. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he's huge. He's like six five, giant guy. He fought in MMA too, but it didn't really pan out for him. No, I believe oh, it's he in the fought. Uh, it's not no, it's no game. There it is. That's, that's, I know it's locked behind the paywall there, though. Oh, oh the flow grappling paywall? I got a subscription. Well, I'll take oh, here, here try that. Click that. That's not, that's what I reserve. Oh, at. video unavailable. Oh, give me a second. Hmm. Yeah, let me type this in 
Anthony Paroche. I forgot about him, too. Dude was a fucking animal. This is not it. Hmm. Just Google flying armbar. Google, uh, no, no, Pay de Pano. No, no, no. Marcio Cruz flying armbar. Just Google that. Marcio Cruz flying armbar. Yeah, here we go. Let me see it. Yes. Yeah, but you don't want to see him doing it. You, you want to see Vinny Magalhaes doing it to him. Well, yeah. No, no, no. Leave Vinny Magalhaes, Marcio Cruz. Yeah, there we go. Let's try that. It would have already come up. It's not going to. Come on, really? Not on YouTube this way. This is not the best way to look for this stuff. That's what I was trying to do. Mm, that's crazy. It's How is that It's on not... the Flow Grappling page, and it's behind a paywall, and that's the only clip that I can find. Let me. I'm going to send you my password. Hold on a second. Why you do that, dude? I gotta pee again. Ah, good, bro. You got a bone from the nineties. What are you doing? No, I when don't are you gonna that. upgrade? I did. I just got a new one. You got a dude, 15? dude, coffee and beer just make me want to piss all I the get time. I get it. Dude. Goes just, right through you, dude. Sorry about that. No worries, man. <laughs> That's the whole reason why we could pause. <sighs> we're not gonna find that video. But what was another video that we were trying to find? Um, another great ADCC. A classic moment was when Davi Ramos, Davi Ramos got a flying arm bar. That was 2015 in Sao Paulo. Davi Ramos, a Dude, fucking animal. holy shit! He he found the UFC a little bit, right? A little bit. I was I was surprised that he didn't go further. I had a feeling he was going to smoke everybody once it got to the ground. Yeah, because I just felt like, how are you going to stop that guy? Yeah, man, his arm bar was fucking insane. It is so hard to make the transition to the UFC. It's so hard. Dude, you got to have your striking on point. You got to have everything on point. It's almost, it's like a striking and wrestling because every fight, every round starts on your feet. Like, that's the most important thing. You're striking yeah. and you're wrestling. In the early days, you can get away with just being really good at jujitsu and getting a clinch and, and dragging the fight to the ground, but. Not anymore. Oh, dude. Everybody's hard to take down now. Everybody. There's no more easy takedowns. You know who's crazy who's still in the mix? Well, it was until recently. Hani Yaya. That, that guy, that guy, guy was around forever. Yeah, he got to the finals of uh, the Abu Dhabi I was in, 2003. He, he was 17 and got to the finals against um, uh, Leo Vieira. And he was fighting in the UFC recently. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. He's, he's really, really good. good. That guy understands the clinch game. If, if he would have, uh, you know, been on just a little, a little more striking if he would have if he would have been a better striker just a look he is his jujitsu man his, mm. he had good mma jujitsu he was all about squeezing and clinching and smashing and and he got a lot of that from hickson like hickson took him under his wing for a little bit yeah yeah and yeah he, he was hickson was in his corner for a, a while. squeezer a oh, squeezer yeah. not team constrictor that not, was his team yeah not not all jujitsu champions coming from the gi not all of them are squeeze machines mm. uh some of them you know are really good at collar chokes you know what i mean and they're just death with those things they mm -hmm. they get a hand in your collar man you're going to sleep you know remember when marillo bustamante had to tap matt Lindland twice marillo bustamante was the one who up kicked jerry bolander was he I think so. I think it was really? Marilla Bustamante up because I said before it was Fabio Giorgel. Yeah, I think it. I get the names mixed up, but I'm pretty sure it was Bustamante. How about when he tapped out Matt Lennon twice? You're talking yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah. In one fight. Yeah, the 
craziest fight ever. Crazy. Big John McCarthy separated them, said it was a, the fight was over. Matt Linden's like, I didn't tap. He definitely tapped. Yeah. And then they didn't have instant replay back then. So Big John's like, okay, okay. fight again. <laughs> Keep fighting. And Marillo's like, what the fuck? And I think they went a whole round after that. And then the next round, Marillo caught him in a guillotine. Crazy shit. That happened, like, kind of happened when... Sakuraba. When I was in, I commentated for a show called Too Hot to Handle in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. In Amsterdam. Remember that? And uh, uh, Gilbert Ivo. Remember him? Sure. Man, what a what a scary dude that was. Mm. That, guy, that guy, he he was the one in, in Pride 10 that threw one strike against Gary Goodrich. One strike, one leg kick, one head kick, and he went down. Let's see what this is. What's this? Oh, this is it. Yeah. We found yeah. it. Yeah. This is deep, deep searching, but we found Damn, it. Damn, let it go. Here we go. Watch this. It's so beautiful, dude. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Wow. How beautiful is that? Wow. Look, he's wearing tights. Yeah. Beautiful. No, beautiful. Gre no greasing on him. No, not at all. Did he tap that quick? Yep. Yeah, he knew it was over. Dude, let's see that whole thing again. R right as he was going down, it was already extending the arm. Look at that. He's got a, He's got the collar tie. Off the collar tie. Look at that. Boom. Man, he went on the left arm. Bro. Amazing. Oh, that was quick. That's he, he probably verbal tapped. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. Amazing. That was when Vinny was training with you. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Damn. To do that to a guy that high level, I mean, that's fucking incredible. See if you could find Davi Ramos ADCC 2015 flying armbar. It's. I don't know. I mean, it's it's different than this one, but it's equally impressive, I think. Really, we should give props to our guy. Who's our guy? Oh, here it is. Here it is. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, yeah. He look jumped this. on him. Look at this. Look at this. Boom. Insane. Done. Over. That was so quick. Dobby Ramos is a fucking animal. Damn. He just caught him reaching. Look at that. Woo. And Dobby Ramos... Uh, he's real. He's one of those Brazilians. One of the first Brazilians what that came out with high-level leg locks. Mm. He he's a leg locker. He's a Brazilian leg locker. There's a couple out there that came up that um, people forgot about. And when do you remember when Alan Belcher fought uh, Rusamar Pajaras? Yeah, Rusamar Pajaras was probably the most feared Brazilian leg locker ever. Mm -hmm. The guy's huge as Jack. Yeah. He's looking like Ken Shamrock in his prime, you know, and. Uh, and he's a leg locker. He just rips people's legs but apart. But Alan trained. So Alan, Alan, Alan brought in Davy Ramos, mm. Davi, Davi Ramos, and Dean Lister for his training camp. And they, he was, they had, he had him out there for a month. And so Alan, Bel, Ellen Belcher told me, he goes, those dudes were fucking me up. Dean Lister and Davi Ramos with leg locks just over and over. But after a while, I started slowing them down, started countering, started defending, started pulling out. And by the time that UFC match against uh, Rusamar Pajaras came around. That was one of the greatest UFC fights of all time. It was amazing. Cause, cause because he engaged. Dude, he had Alan Belcher. But first, Alan Belcher pull, pulls him into a fucking twister, dude. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. He comes in. He comes in. Rusamar Pajaras comes in with a single. Alan Belcher doesn't even fight the single. He just he just transitions that into a, the truck, and he almost twisters him. Dude gets out, and then he's all over 
Alan Belcher's legs. He's all over those legs, and Alan just defending, defending, pulling out, defending. He had really good looks on his legs, yeah. and then he finally got out and fucking grounded and pounded his way uh, t- to the stoppage. Alan Belcher is a heavyweight bare knuckle fighter now. He's fighting bare knuckle now. Did you oh, not know? I he did was not a know. champion. I did not know. He relinquished his title so he could fight for Jorge Masvidal. So he's fighting. Jorge Masvidal's MMA fight, he's fighting against Roy Big Country Nelson, and the winner of that is now going to fight Junior Dos Santos. Holy shit, I had I'm no idea. I'm thinking about going. I had no idea. You want to go? Let's do it. Let's go to Miami. <laughs> I, think, I think it's in Florida in April. I Can, think that's when the big match is. I think Alan Belcher is fighting, November you know. 10th. November 10th. Yeah, so that's November 10th, oh, and then the, the winner time. of that is going to fight... Junior Dos Santos, and bro, Alan Belcher can fucking box. Damn, and he's a heavyweight now, man. Let, let's let's see Alan Belcher, Rusamar Pajares. That's got to be up for yeah, free, dude. That one is a hundred percent just violence the yeah, whole way through. There's great. no stopping that one, dude. That's a great fight. Oh my god, Alan Belcher just. And I remember after that, I'm like, dude, you got to put out a fucking leg lock defense yeah uh, they go right here look at he's he's gonna take him down he's gonna grab a single and he's gonna go right into the right into the truck watch watch yeah alan belcher was so well pre- alan's so smart he's such a smart dude he looks so different now because now he doesn't cut any weight and he got jacked shaved his head he's fucking huge now check this out single yeah right into the truck watch look at this single right into the truck Yep, pulled it right in. And look, boom, he's caught. He almost twizzers him here. Yeah, look at that shit. look at that. Husamar's like, look oh, at that. He could have had the caps last right there. Yep. He, he, that was like, uh, he had it right there. But damn, he's going for the the grand slam here. He's going, look at that. Look he's at so that. close. He's, he's so close. Would that he, have been the first twister in MMA or had uh, the no, that would have been the, that would have been the first one, I think. Wow. I think. I could be wrong, but I think this is the first one. He goes for a little crotch ripper here. Look at that. Damn, he was so yeah. close. He was so he has he hasn't been in it for a while. Look, look at this. Yeah, Husamar's like, what the fuck happened? He needs a that baseball bat control yeah, could have been a little bit tighter. Oh, look at that. He's just he, kind of grabbing it weird. Look at that. Oh, oh my god, he's got the head. So close. He's got the head. So, so close. close. Damn. I forget how one. they broke out of this though. Let's see. Paul Hart. Paul Harris must have been like. <laughs> There's you. <laughs> oh! Now, look, he's gonna. It's gonna be a leg battle now. Now, this is where all the leg lock defense comes into play here. Look at this shit, yep. dude. He's deep on him, dude. Look how yep. deep. Oh, he's got that knee bar. He turns to the right way. Look at that. Boom! He's all over his legs. He Slides out of it. Another, another good one. look at another wow. deep, deep look. Look at that. Bam. He's got yeah. a good bite on look him. Look at Alan that. uses oh. that left leg to bust free. Exactly. Triangles his right leg. Look at that. Yeah, that was a wild ass fight, man. He's this on is, him. This looks yeah. like someone filmed it from the TV. 100%. Yeah, 100%, yeah, 100% right? Look at Remember that. Remember those old days where you buy movies that were like VHS tapes or someone set up a camera in the back of the movie theater? Yeah. I used to buy those in New York all the time. Look, he's putting now, him Alan, in legs. Yep. Like, he's attacking a little bit here. I know. And Husamar must have been like, what the fuck is going on? How is this happening? And this happened way before the leg lock revolution, man. Oh, way Look at before. This. Yeah. 
Way before, right? Yeah. I want to say this is like 2004 or something. Fox mm. 3. I would say this is 2008, 9. UFC on Fox 3. Look at that. He's, he's got so many looks on his legs and this deep. Yeah. He's got the knee line and everything. Boom. He just can't finish it off. Look at perfect defense. Yeah, Alan was so used to it. So many people are so terrified of Paul Harris when he grabbed your leg. Look at that spin. Look at the way he yeah. spun out right there. That was it right there. Look at that. Now it's all about ground and pound. Now look at this. Boom. Because Husamar didn't let go. If he got a hold of your fucking heel, he would tear that shit down and shred it. And, was and it I, Mike Pierce? Whose fucking knee did he fuck up where he didn't let go? And then he got kicked out of the UFC. I forget that one. It may have been Mike Pierce. They kicked him out. They were like, bro, you got to fucking let people go when they tap. And they're like, that's it, son. He's the only guy to ever get kicked out of the UFC for a win. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah, he got banned from the UFC for winning. Boom! Look at that. Boom. He's, he's just battering. Boom! Boom. Elbows. Boom! 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 Yeah. And he just fucked him up from here. Just nasty ground. And, and he had to he had to have been tripping too on like, man, I had so many chances on his mm -hmm. legs. Well, also, like, he was threatening him, man. Yeah, look at that. It's gonna be over right there. Boom. Oh, look at that. big shots by Belcher. It's over. That's he it. called it. Now, I want you to Google. Alan Belcher bare knuckle boxing. Bro, you haven't seen him lately? He's a heavyweight. No. He's giant. Let's see. He's covered shit. with he has an Evan Tanner tattoo. Look oh, at the size shit. Of him. Damn. Bro. Oh the size shit. of him. Shit. Saucy. Oh man. Because he's like in his forties now, right? Um, show me a video though. Damn, look at the those size arms. of Holy him. Holy shit. Fucking gigantic. Show me a video though. Alan Belcher, bare knuckle boxing. Just, just write bare knuckle boxing after that. Yeah, there you go. And give me some video. Walk off KO. Now watch this. Bro, he can box, man. It's interesting watching him be so big, too. I mean, the size, he's so different. But he's skillful, man. Damn. Bro, look at that. Oh, that guy's, that guy's, it's over. So he's about to fight big country. They're going to fight in Jorge Masvidal's, which I fucking loved. I really loved Masvidal's uh, premiere event. Or not premiere event. He's had a couple of them. But the last one he did with Junior Dos Santos and uh, Fabricio Verdum. Bro, bare knuckle changes everything. Changes everything. You, you can't take Damn. those shots. And the crazy thing is he's a business guru. Like Masvidal? No, Alan Belcher. Alan is, yeah. Alan Belcher, dude. He, he so has like a... So this is Junior. This is Junior and Fabricio. But this is, like, not the best fight. It was mostly Fabricio Verdum just getting punched in the face. He just, like, Junior with that boxing, that style that he has, he slices you with those punches. Like, you can only take so much of those. And Fabricio uh, got a really nasty cut over one of his eyes. At the end of it, he's, like, really jacked up. So that's – I'm in full support of Masvidal's organization. I love that he's doing that. that I think that's how MMA should be done, bare knuckle. So they're going to have that Roy, Big Country, Nelson fight, and then the other one. We should go. Damn. We should let's go to the big if, if, I'll check my schedule. If I'm free that weekend, let's do it. Fuck it's in Miami? Go. I think it's in Florida. I'm pretty sure it's in Florida. I'm not sure it's Miami, but it's somewhere in Florida. Hell yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, Masvidal reached out, and I said, fuck yeah, dude, I'll go to that. I want to see that. <laughs> I want to support Crazy it. shit, and 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 like uh, you know, Fabrice Verdun was in there. That guy, that guy's a legend. You know, a jujitsu legend, MMA legend, and he like Anderson Silva in the beginning. 
you know, he, he was, you know, uh, he was like middle of the road. He wasn't, he was a jujitsu champion, didn't really have that good striking. I think he fought in Dream, maybe, maybe Pride, and he was like up and coming, big Brazilian, amazing jujitsu, but his striking hadn't come together. And then uh, a lot of jujitsu um, black belts and a lot of jujitsu champions, they'll dip into MMA a little bit, then they realize, you know what? My striking ain't there. I'll just have a school and just make money with my school, and that's fine. Um, but some stay, and they just fucking, they just tough it out, and they just keep going, and they keep going. Like Anderson Silva, his jiu-jitsu wasn't that good, but he kept going, and then his jiu-jitsu got good. He triangled Chael Son, and same thing with Fabrice Verdum. He kept going, and then he turned into, like, a legit striker, knocking out people yeah. with head kicks. Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't. He just kept going. How forward. about let's look at Anderson Silva versus Dan Henderson? Oh shit! Remember that one? Yeah, brutal. that's Anderson in his prime. That's Anderson, yeah. top of the food chain, yeah. apex predator, perhaps the greatest 185 pounder that's ever lived. When he was on, man, you know, and Dan Henderson just is an animal. Dude. Throwing fucking vicious, vicious bombs. But this was Anderson Silva when he was in the Matrix. When he would just stand out and bow to everybody. This is a great fucking fight, man. Because Dan Henderson was so fucking dangerous. This is Dan in his prime. Yeah. And he had that fucking ridiculous power. Dan Henderson, like, if you touch him, he's, like, made out of wood. He feels like this table. Yeah. That he's right so hand's dense. ridiculous. And he's just such a, an elite fucking wrestler too and so anderson just kind of timed him up a little bit this is what anderson would do he would spend the beginning of the round just kind of moving around looking to see how you move putting it all in that computer and then towards the end of the round anderson would start opening up and once he started opening up man he was fucking lethal cuz you had to close the distance on him cuz Anderson was a counter striker so he would stand there and make you lead and when you lead you know you're running into fucking the biggest buzzsaw that ever existed in this division oh that's right i forget dan got him down how did he get him down let's see how he got him down does it just cut right to it this video is slightly edited Oh, oh yeah, 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 it just shows him taking him down. Yeah. He looked like he almost had, he has like a leg drag position right there. Mm, yeah, he's almost in half guard or it's almost in yeah. side control. Anybody Dan Henderson touches with that right hand, they nobody survived that shit. I know. He's a wrestler with a fucking Mike Tyson right hand. Do you remember his knockout of Vanderlei in the rematch? Holy shit. The Bisbing one? For, yeah, the Bisbing one was insane. But once now this is Anderson when he's got his groove, right? This is Anderson loose. Boom, head kick. Boom. Oh, this is all edited up. So he stands up. Henderson's got the clinch. It was a good fight. I forgot how good this fight was. Scooch a little. Oh, yeah. So how did he get him down, though? Back it up. Yeah, right. Uh, right. Uh, uh, right there. Here it is. That's oh, where it happened. Okay. It started from stand-up. Man, it's weird how they're cutting out the takedowns. Yeah, like, I don't it's understand It's very that. important how it fight got to the But the fact that he's on top right here, that's fucking, like, what? Yeah, I know. He's on top of a world-class uh, well, world wrestler. His it's... fucking grappling was elite, man. 
at a certain point in time in his career, he really became an elite grappler. I mean, who did, the Minotaur brothers gave him his black belt, right? Yeah. Didn't they give it to him after he submitted Chael? Or was it before that? I don't I think remember. it was before that. I don't remember. So here he got his back. And I think he went to the Dan Severn, right? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Boom. Yeah, look at this. Look at this. Under right the there. Chin, right there. Boom. And that's Brutal. it. Brutal. Brutal. Big submission. Was he already the champion at this yeah. point? Yeah, he was, he was defending, defending the title. his title. Yeah. Shit. Bro. Dude, so much is happening. The Do you remember the early days where you and I would go to these events where we watch them and go, you know what they need? They need some billionaires with some crazy deep pockets to buy the UFC and throw a ton of money at it. Yeah. And they fucking yeah. did it. Yeah, it actually happened. They fucking did it. They yeah. really did it. Yeah. That's what I, generally, that's what it takes. It takes someone uh, with money to burn yeah. that has vision. To go, okay, we're going to burn some money right now, but eventually it's going to come back to us, you know, a thousandfold. And that's what yeah. happened. Holy well, shit. Especially when they knew that the product was so good. I mean, there was no denying that the UFC was exciting. Yeah, people that are just getting into MMA now, you got to go back and, and go through the timeline. It was, man, the 90s. It blew up. UFC 2 blew it up. No one really knew what UFC 1 was about because there was no B-roll. And they're like, I remember thinking, oh, that's some pro wrestling. Like, we just didn't know what it was. And then you find out it was real. And you're like, oh, shit. And then the UFC 2 comes along and go, okay, let me watch this shit. And it's a 16-man tournament. And um, I was doing karate at the time. And I remember watching Hoist beat the Minoki Ichihara. And it fucking crushed me. I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> Who is this Brazilian guy? Jesus. But by the time he got to the finals, man, I was a big fan. I'm like, oh, shit. You could take people. You could fight on the ground and you're not considered a pussy. Because <laughs> I, would, I would fight on the ground because I wrestled in high school. and I, I'm just take a dude down. And just I remember down. when I first met you, you would wear the fucking scuba gear on your head. Because you had long ass hair. Yeah. She'd wear like scuba gear and you would close it off with ear guards and you would toe hold everybody. I would wear a Jacques Cousteau. Uh, like headgear to put all my head, <laughs> hair in, and then I would put the wrestling ear guards over it just to, to dis- it. just to disguise to it. it. Oh, okay. Just so it doesn't look like I'm a fucking Jacques Cousteau. <laughs> you know. I remember when I first met you, you were leg lock. You were you were toe holding everybody. Yeah, that was your uh, move from Ken Shamrock. I I learned it from some instructional video of him in jeans. He has no shirt, looking like a Chippendales dancer, jeans on, and he's and he's doing a toe hold uh, with some Japanese guy because he was all pancreased out. And uh, I'm like, whoa! He was doing it from the top. And I'm like, and I was always on the bottom playing half guard. I'm like, I wonder if I could do it from half guard. So I started doing toe holds from half guard a lot. Toe holds are, are still super powerful in the game. In today's oh, yeah, game, man. In today's game, there's some guys that just got that toe hold down. They'll break your fucking foot off. When Nicky Rod got Gordon in it and popped his ankle, that was nasty. Yeah, those things are nasty, man. Some You just got to get really good at it. You just got to know how to use your whole body to twist that foot off. Also, that'll fuck your ankle up for a long time. I wonder how Gordon's yeah. ankle is. Yeah, yeah, he's, pro- he's probably fine. He's probably I'm fine. sure he's fine. Because it, it, it just tears that, like, if it pops, it's like the like the outside of your foot, like right under that little ankle ball thing. There's, like, this meat under there that uh, it's going to be. Yeah, and it, and it stays sore for a couple months. Is it a. Uh, you can get surgery on it. So you can't? Mm, I've, I've, 
ankle surgery only happens when like you break bones, like the ankle bones, all the little ligaments. There's so many little ones that I, you just kind of just leave it alone and just. Do you know who Laird Hamilton is? No. Laird Hamilton is a world champion surfer. He's a wild man. And he broke his ankle and didn't do shit about it. Just said, fuck it. Just walk around on a broken ankle. And his, his one of his ankles is like twice the size of a regular ankle. It just became this like. Calcium deposit thing? A bone. It's yeah, all. Look yeah. at his ankle. He showed it to me. Look at that. What? That's his ankle. Yeah. Uh, I don't even get what that is, dude. I don't that's even see just what that broken is. Broken bone. That's What's all that up. white shit on the top? That's the bottom of his foot. So he's got it. He's doing this. He's like showing me like this. Oh my god. Yeah. It's yeah. freaky. You look at it and you go, "What the fuck, dude? You didn't go to a doctor?" Yeah. He's like, "Nah, I just walked around on it." He's an animal, dude. That guy, he gets in the sauna at 200 degrees, 200 plus, and he gets on an air dye machine with oven mitts on, and he does fucking sprints in the sauna at like 200 degrees. What does he do again? What's his... He's a world champion surfer. Oh, shit. Big wave okay. surfer. Damn. The scary shit. The scary shit. The shit from like Portugal. Yeah. The scary yeah. shit. Yeah. The scary shit. Yeah. He's an animal. I can't believe people survive those waves. Bro, like... they don't always... They don't always. How often does a surfer die? Couple All the time. When those All the things time? come, yeah, man. When those things come crashing down on you, you fucking you you fucking plummet to the bottom with a million pounds of water on top of you, and you get knocked unconscious. It happens all the time. Guys get driven by the weight of the water, right into the rocks. Yeah, I'm not into that at all. <laughs> I'm not into sharks. Yeah. Did you see that fucking lady that they found in a 13 foot alligator's mouth in Florida? I saw the i saw the clip i didn't see the clip i saw the blurred out picture of it my sister sent it to me because it's down near where she lives they fucking found some alligator just dragging a lady yeah how about that shark in egypt that attacked that man oh that one's horrible. it seems like we're seeing more shark attacks it seems like it's happening more often now people right? have better phones that's probably what it is huh? yeah. yeah but that one i don't we haven't confirmed whether or not this is true but what I had heard was that off the coast of this resort, these people were dumping sheep carcasses. So they had these sheep carcasses and they wanted to get rid of them. So they dumped them off the coast. That's what they would do with them. And then a yeah, high concentration of yeah. sharks would happen in that area. And there's a fucking resort there. So this is a really nice resort. People are like, oh, fucking, let's go for a swim. You're going for a swim in monster soup. Yeah. And they've been feeding those monsters. Yeah. Yeah. I just... Fuck that dude up. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, There's definitely stories of that happening. I don't, I don't know if this exact same area, but it might be. Sheep but. exports <clears throat> linked to Egypt shark attacks. That's what from 2010. From yeah. yeah. Like so I bet, I bet that's, yeah. Why are dead sheep washing up on Egypt shores? That's from 2017. So 2010, and then again in 2017. Yeah. Probably. Yes, yeah, it's similar to what happened in Sharmal Sheep. Uh, yeah, and so it's down there, animal 2022, carcass. animal carcass dropped into the sea near that place. Wow. The travel agent noted that. The travel <laughs> agent. How about they give you a heads up? Hey, by the way, they dump a lot of bloody carcasses in that water. Like, what are you doing? A lot of sharks. Like, all you need to do is see Jaws. And just yeah. And that right there just scares you out the goddamn ocean. Did you like, see the Meg? 
Uh, it might be the dumbest movie of all time. <laughs> and the Meg 2 is like, hold my beer. Yeah. The Meg 2, I watched the Meg 2 with my daughter. Yeah. The day we're howling, just howling, laughing. It's so goofy. This shark like tries to find people. <laughs> it works though. It works because I will never go deep sea diving ever. That's never going to fucking happen. Yeah, I'm so not into I that. ain't going into jungles. And I ain't going deep sea diving. I ain't doing so it. So not into No that. anacondas for me. No uh-uh. crocodiles. I'll go up and uh-uh. I'll go to Aspen and, the, and go snowboarding. That's Bro, what I'm going to do. I had Paul Rosalie on my podcast. And he's a dude that um, he spends a, a large amount of time saving the rainforest. Really fucking cool guy. He goes down to the Amazon and he's like saving the rainforest from people that are cutting it down. And what he does is these loggers are just poor, man. You know, they're not trying to destroy the world. They don't have options, man. You know, they're poor. And so what he does is he gets them hired to protect the rainforest. So he gets the same people. Say, hey, man, this job, what's this job paying you? How about we give you more money and you protect the rainforest? And they're like, oh, thank you. So he hires these guys to do the opposite of what they were doing. And they've protected millions of acres of rainforest Hmm. just doing this. But this dude... He told me he jumped on an anaconda because he was trying to, like, they were trying to find out how big it is. He couldn't get his arms around it. He's my size. Yeah. He couldn't get his arms around it. So he's my size. So imagine this. Imagine this. A snake that wide. He said it was at least 25 feet long. And it was slithering through the water. And he felt it slither and it's dark out. And he tried to hold on to it. So he tried to grab a hold of it like this. I wish I had that kind of courage. <laughs> I don't know if that's courage. I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah. That's J- crazy. Jungle scared the shit out of me, man. I like watching them on TV. I like watching Amazon River oh, documentaries yeah. and Congo documentaries, but I will never go into another jungle in my life. You know what my favorite thing is? When jaguars kill crocodiles. That's pretty badass. Crocodiles they deserve shit. It. Yeah, they deserve it. <laughs> they they're always this shit. They're always sneaking up on antelope. You know what I mean? Every now and then when a leopard fucking takes them out, oh, it feels good. Cats are number one. <laughs> cats are number one. They're my favorite. Oh, yeah. Because they're so ruthless. <laughs> this fucking cat swimming through the water, eating crocodiles. And he's got a... Cro- There's many videos of this happening. Where people have caught them hunting crocodiles. But this one... This fucking, this jaguar is carrying a crocodile bigger than him. He's got it by the back of its neck, and he's waddling out of the water with this fucking crocodile in his teeth. Like, who would have imagined that something would hunt crocodiles? Yeah. Yeah, you think they'd have no no predators. The fucking cats in the Amazon, man, they're so big. Those jaguars are big, bro. They're big, and they're so ruthless. He said he was sleeping in, a, in a, like a hammock. And a jaguar came right up to his hammock and was like breathing in the hammock. Dude, that's so good. <laughs> right there. Right there. Dude, you got a good ass fucking uh, lion or <laughs> tiger. Yeah, I'm fascinated by cats. I think that's the scariest way to die. Tigers are the scariest way. Um, you've seen that one where the tiger leaps up and tries to get that guy where he's on top of the elephant. Oh, yeah. That's fuck a classic. That. What are you it's doing around tigers? <laughs> That's the a fuck classic. out of here. The fuck out of here, tigers. man. Unless you have a fucking machine gun. Yeah. And he's like, you can't have a stick. He's trying to get it off with a stick. Get out of here. Yeah, fuck. He just ripped his hand apart. That guy got lucky. Dude, that's the one thing about, you know, the one good thing about living in a city is 
you're not going to die by witnessing animals eat you alive. You no. know what I mean? Right. Every animal in the wild, one day, you're going to witness animals eating you, and you're going to be alive, and you're going to watch it. Right? <sighs> and before that happens, you might have your siblings or your kids or your, your, your uh, significant other you're gonna watch. They're gonna get eaten alive. My friend you know? Jim Shockey. That's the only, the only thing cool about living in this fucking matrix is yeah. at least we're not gonna get eaten alive and witness it because that's happening for sure Everywhere. in the wild. In the wild, they're yeah. gonna get you. They're gonna the insects are gonna get you, or the fucking some kind of cat is gonna get you, or a bear is gonna get you. You're gonna watch yourself get eaten alive. Something's that's gonna get terrifying, you. right? My friend Jim Shockey, <clears throat> he's a professional hunter, and uh, they hired him to go to Africa to kill these crocodiles because these people in this village were getting fucked up by crocodiles so much. And what these people would do is they would set up these areas where it was okay for them to wash and to, to gather water. So they would put like sticks in the ground, you know, like block it off, like sticks in the water in the ground so that the crocodiles couldn't get through, but they'd still figure out a way to get through. They knew it, yeah, they figured it out. That. And he said when he was there, Everybody in the village. It's like one guy's missing a foot, one guy's missing an arm, one guy's got a chunk taken out of his leg. Yeah. It's like everywhere you look, there was people with like a stump for a hand because they were washing and snap. Rah! It just fucking gator rolls and pulls your fucking hand off and you're running to the yeah. village with no, a you. bone poking out of your forearm. Yeah. Bro. Fuck the wild. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Fuck that, man. People hunt those. Yeah, they hunt those. Some girl, this girl just killed one with a fucking bow, like the largest crocodile that someone's ever killed, that a woman's ever killed with a bow. It's just insane. Here, I'll show it to you. Go to a Bomar bow hunting on uh, Instagram. And can you cut it right there? I got to piss Because you got to piss again. This right is there. hilarious. This is comical. Your dick's broken, bro. But you've been drinking. <laughs> Dude. Too much coffee, dude. Coffee and beer and coffee, coffee and beer. I'm gonna be pissing fucking all night. I haven't had beer in forever. It feels good. It's hot out. I like a cold beer when it's hot out. A nice Lone Star. <sighs> you think Bud Light's gonna bounce back? I saw a lot of Bud there Light is. commercials. There's a video. I saw There's Bud Light commercials uh, that during girl, football. Look at this. This girl killed this with a bow. Look at the size of that fucking crocodile. Good lord. Is it like an angle thing? An angle thing? You know, sometimes things look bigger than they are just from- No. No. Look at the fucking tail on her shoulder. Where did she shoot? The, like, where do you got to get this I think she was in Tanzania. You got, no, but like, you got to get in the neck or something? Where, That's no. a good question. I think you have to get it at the base of the brain. Does it say? It says quartering away about 40 yards. Uh, deep breath, calm down, bury my pen right where the center of his lungs should be. Got him through the lungs. You know that uh, wow. al uh, albino, albino alligators are worth a lot in the leather industry? Did you know that? I just really? Found that yeah, because then you could like you could dye it any color because it's albino and it's white. Oh, interesting. So you make uh, the guys from Toehold, they get special white albino alligator to make uh, alligator flip-flops. I wonder if they breed them, if they find like albinos and they try to breed them with other albinos. That makes sense because it's probably a recessive gene, right? And could you breed them, or is it just like something that just pops up every now and then? It's you white. could if you like shoved them all together. Like, fuck, you got to fuck somebody here. Go ahead. <laughs> There's only like pale ones. I don't think they care. 
You know, do you think there's racist crocodiles? <laughs> I don't like whitey. I'm not fucking that white bitch. <laughs> Dude, how about those people that like, like, I just saw a video of like this family, like taking pictures next to an alligator and one guy's like kind of holding it down and the mother's coming. Oh, like, God. Have you seen that? So I you know uh, something bad's about to happen. Yeah, oh, yeah, but but the video, nothing bad happened. They, 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 oh no, 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 no! It did snap, but you don't know what happened. The, the guy had who had the camera, he just dropped it, and you didn't see what happened. But uh, it did turn around and snap. Like, what are you doing, man? Show that video where that fourteen foot or thirteen point six foot alligator has this woman in his mouth in Florida. That was just a couple days ago, right? Yeah, man. They just found this thing walking across the ground with a fucking lady in his mouth. They will fucking kill you. Yeah. And when yeah. you're in Florida, they're everywhere. One of them killed a kid at Disney World. Yeah. I was at Disney World, and I go, how much? How often do you guys get alligators here? The guy looks at me and goes, all the time. I go, can't you stop them? He goes, you don't know when they're there. They just they find their way into the lakes, and you don't know they're there. It's crazy that they're allowed to. I mean, they're they're needed, right, to clean up the swamps and stuff in Florida. Like they're needed, right? If, if there was, if they're there was... getting killed, they're getting killed by pythons. Hmm. There's there's somewhere in the neighborhood of a. There it is. Can you see it? Um, I see blood. I think they've already taken the lady's body. That's the lady. <laughs> Damn. That, no disrespect, but that looks like the kind of lady that might get eaten by a crocodile. Or an alligator. Fuck, man. Look at all the blood. Oh, That might actually be the alligator's blood. Who knows? They might have shot it already. <clears throat> Jesus. They identified her. There's one story about this dude. He was, uh, he stole a car. And he, there was a, cops are chasing him. He gets to a bridge, jumps off the bridge, lands on an alligator. And that's it. Drags him under. That's a wrap, son. <laughs> And the cops are like, all right. Fuck. In the wild, that's what you have to deal with. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to get caught. Well, the thing about Florida is it's not just the wild. Florida, it's fucking golf courses. They have giant ones. You ever seen those videos of giant ones yep. walking across golf courses? Yep. And every now and then a kid goes missing? Mm-hmm. All fucking the time. scary, dude. What? All the time. What the fuck? Yeah, they're everywhere. And you, you, unless you're watching them 24-7, you don't know where they're well, going. They're not in Southern California. I'll tell you that much. No, they're not in Southern You have California. alligators out here or cro crocodiles? They have alligators. They have alligators in South Texas. Really? Like yeah. in lakes and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ooh. in lakes. Yeah. You know what I saw? I saw a video of a bunch of wild boars. Like there was three of them and they had a bunch of babies and they're just laying there on trash. They're like in some kind of landfill. And all these babies are just sucking on the, you know, the, the, the tits, you know, yeah. for milk. And they're just like, they're just trash everywhere. And there's like three or four of them. It's like a swarm. It's oh, there's so many of them, man. There's millions of them in the state. Millions. Wouldn't that, uh, wouldn't it make sense like to, um, they, they got to kill them, right? They, they definitely to? do. They but gotta... you can't keep up with them. They can start breeding when they're six months old. But what wouldn't it make sense to kill them for food and just have a bunch yeah. of food? Oh, they definitely do that. My friend Jesse Griffiths, he runs this amazing restaurant in Austin called Die Due, and he runs a school. Uh, what is it called? The traditional school of of cookery? What is it called? Jesse's school? He runs a school where he teaches people how to hunt pigs, how to butcher them, and how to cook them, and, 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 and he's a chef. 
So Whoa, and these like are all wild boars. Wild boars. Yeah. That seems like a pretty no good brainer. business, right? Great business. Yeah. And no. and also very smart. The new school of traditional cookery. And Jesse, I uh, had a chance to hunt with him in um, December of last year, and we went to South Texas, <clears throat> real close to to Mexico, and uh, he was cooking for us. So we're in camp hunting deer, and he would cook for us. So you have this like world class chef who's cooking these amazing meals, you know, from these animals that you you, you cook and you kill out there. So he's cooking like ducks and deer, and it's amazing. Amazing, and and wild pigs, wild boars. What does a wild boar taste like? Chicken? No, 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 no. It tastes like pork. It tastes like really good pork. It really? actually is better than regular pork. Yeah, you think that's the problem? That that solves the problem, right? Yeah. You just, you... It's a darker meat. It's darker, you know. Cause they're just, you know, they're they're so invasive. There's millions and millions of them in the state. And just in Texas, or no, they're all over the they're south? they're all over the south. All over. They're all over everywhere now. They're in California. I've hunted them in California. I hunted them at Tejon Ranch. I've, uh, I've Where's Tejon Ranch at? It's like Bakersfield. Okay. Out there, there. It's 270,000 acres. It's the biggest private ranch in uh, California. Mm. Uh, I hunted there with Steve Rinella. I shot one with a, uh, a rifle, and it was uh, this big pig, man. We roasted it, and oh, it was delicious. It had been eating acorns. It was real fat was so good it's like a delicious fucking meat man you know people frown upon them because they think they're nasty and stinky because they eat everything but but if you clean them up and you you cook them correctly they're delicious and jesse's a, a master at that but it's a it's a good animal to hunt because they have to hunt them yeah they have so many of them they're over they're overrun there's fucking millions of them and what's the number one thing they destroy crops like what? Like all everything, crops? Anything? Everything doesn't matter. Everything. They go into the ground. They fuck the ground up and just destroy the crops. They eat everything. They and eat fences don't meat. keep them out. They go right through fences. They go under fences. They go around fences. They find their way, man. They're fucking really resilient. They're tough as shit. They have like a thick coating on the outside of their chest, like all around here is like this thick of like this, like it's an armor plate that they have all around so they could fight with each other because they all have tusks. And so they've evolved to develop this, like, very thick fucking armored plate all around, like, their neck in this area. Huh. Yeah, they're fucking gnarly animals, You know what's man. scary, too, is is uh, the video footage, like, of, in Africa, of, like, in landfills, and there's just they're just filled with uh, uh, baboons and shit. Oh, yeah. What? Baboons are crazy. Dude. That's like a dog and a monkey combination. Yeah. And they're, they're, and they actually train dogs to take care of their young. Yes. How wild? crazy is that? Yeah. They, they train dogs. Yeah. Yeah, they have dogs in their camp to like to alert them to predators. Dude, the land, look, look, yeah. dude, dude, this is a fucking like that's insane. like uh, insane, dude. Insane. What the Imagine fuck? Imagine being a guy that's fucking there and you gotta like clean up these landfills and these fucking baboons are everywhere. Yeah, imagine if you live by that. They're such I, a weird looking animal too. They got that long wolf like face and they got. You would think they would go after humans. They do sometimes. They steal babies. There's been a bunch of instances of baboons stealing people's babies and killing them and eating them. Mm. Snatch your baby from you and run away with it. Man, what if they snatch it and raise it? <laughs> they eat that thing. It's dude, too much work. To that's raise some a scary baby. shit, dude. You know living living near swarms of baboons. 
You want to live as far away as that shit as possible. Yeah. Like, what do they deal with on yeah. a daily basis? What like, how do you, I mean, because these things are coming in, and I'm sure if they're not just straight up attacking, which which would be smart for them, yeah. because like, like, um, uh, like coyotes and and uh, possums, they live with us, and we don't fuck with them because they don't fuck with us. Right. It's almost like they know as long as when you see a human, just run from them. If you stay in attack, we're gonna get exterminated. It's almost like yeah. they know that instinctively, right? Yeah, it is almost like they know it instinctively. Yeah, they're, well, they're very intelligent. Yeah, we got dude. They're we intelligent got like a monkey. I got coyotes all over me. Yeah, and. Uh, possums and those things look fucking scary possums aren't scary though but they do carry diseases like serious diseases they look scary they look like giant rats the coyotes man they're fucking clever they're so clever and they're they're clever enough to know not to fuck with humans because if they did they'll they'll take a dog they'll take a little chihuahua and eat that motherfucker oh yeah but if they started attacking they attack one child they're just going to go in. There's going to be uh, an extermination process. Well, there was going one on. recently that attacked a kid, and there's a video of it. This really? guy, yeah, this guy's like, uh, he set his kid down like his young baby. His kid was like two years old, and he sets his kid down. He's taking some things out of his car, and the baby starts screaming. A fucking coyote's dragging the baby away. Did he get the baby back? Yeah, he screamed and ran after it, and the kid's crying. It's horrible. Have you seen those videos of cats defending babies and kids? Yes. That's yes. some cool shit. Yeah, man. That's some cool shit. That was this one video where a baby gets out of his little crib or something and is about to like fall down the stairs, and mm-hmm. a cat just fucking jumps in front of him and pushes him back. <laughs> Yeah, that's some crazy shit. That right is that's crazy. super intelligent right there. Well, yeah, they're, that's family. And, and there was another video where uh, it was like in a front yard and some dog went after a kid and a cat came out of nowhere. Yeah, and, and fucked up the dog. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's some beautiful shit right that there. That is man. beautiful. Yeah. And you got a pet that will help you. You would think you would think the cats wouldn't do shit. You know, you would think yeah. that they wouldn't do shit. But <clears throat> probably most of them won't do shit to protect their... Well, they think of that baby as like a part of their family. That's like they would well, right do the there, same. Look at that. Look at look that. that. <clears throat> Dude. Yeah. What? Yeah. Come on, man. That's beautiful. Yeah. Look it's at that. Crazy. Look at that. Whoa. Like, just yeah. save that baby. Sa- get saved, how did? How does this? Like, how it smart is knows. this cat? They're smart. I mean, they think of uh, a baby as like part of their family. You know. Or they, or they could be thinking, okay, the mother of this baby. Is my uh, provider? I gotta, I gotta protect everything. I don't you know? think they think like that. I think they think that that's like one of their family. I think that's what they yeah. think. I'm just yeah. guessing. Yeah. Did I ever tell you when a, a coyote honey potted my dog Johnny? Remember no. Johnny Cash? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Johnny Cash, which was the, the after giant Frank? mastiff. The mastiff. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we had chickens, right? And chickens, they brood. And what a brood is, it's like sometimes chickens, when there's no rooster, they're convinced, like chickens lay eggs every day, pretty much. And they don't turn into chicks because there's no rooster to fertilize the egg, right? Rooster fucks the hen, the hen lays an egg, that egg's viable, it becomes a chick. Yeah. But chicks, the chickens don't know that. So sometimes they get it in their head that this, this egg is going to be a baby. And so they pluck their own feathers out and they sit on this egg. If you come near them, they peck at you and they're brooding. And they won't lay an egg for a long time. And to get them out of the brooding, what you have to do is you have to take them from their big chicken coop 
and then you have to put them in a small chicken coop where they have to hold onto a railing. So they, they can't sit down on the ground and brood, and there's no egg in there. So they have to sit on this railing. And hold. If you keep them there for a few days, they snap out of it. Then you put them back in the chicken coop. Well, this fucking coyote was so smart that it became friends with Johnny. And Johnny was like this giant dog. He was fucking huge. He was 140 pounds, this big old fucking head. And this other chicken coop was small. So we had the big chicken coop that was protected from coyotes and such. And then the small chicken coop that you would put the brooders in. And so somehow or another, this coyote became friends with Johnny. And the pool guy fucked up and he left the gate open. So the gate was open to where the chicken coop was. And the coyote convinced Johnny to destroy this little chicken coop. And so, like, he couldn't do it. He was too little. The coyote's like 30 pounds, but Johnny's like a buck 40. And the coyote couldn't eat Johnny because he was huge. But he thought this chicken was, this coyote was his friend. And so I'm sitting there, we're playing some kind of game. I forget we're playing, Monopoly or some shit. And we're looking out the window, and I see a fucking coyote running through the backyard with a chicken in his mouth. And he hops on top of, bro, we had like a six-foot fence. This coyote jumped to the top of that fence like an acrobat. Put his paws, his two front paws, and then his back paws with a chicken in his mouth and sprung over the fence. I was like, motherfucker. And we ran outside. I'm like, how did this fucking coyote get a hold of the chicken? How'd this happen? And then I went over to where the chicken coop was, and there's Johnny just sitting there with this destroyed chicken coop looking at me like, what did I do? And I was like, what the fuck did you do, man? You let the, he destroyed the chicken coop. The coyote convinced him to get into that chicken coop because it couldn't do it. So he tore the chicken coop apart, and the coyote's like, thank you, snatch, see ya, pew. Yo, that's crazy. Crazy. But then Johnny got a taste of chickens. He decided that, oh, well, I should kill chickens too. Ugh. And Johnny was huge. So... um Another time, someone else left the fucking fence open, and Johnny just went through the chicken coop, the big one, because he was so big. He just fucking tore it apart, and he killed nine chickens. And by the time I got to him, like, we looked out the window. I was like, why is Johnny in the chicken coop? Fuck! We ran outside, and he had torn a hole in the chicken coop and just went ham. So we had, like, 19 chickens left, and he killed nine of them. Fuck. And there's a few that were still alive that were fucked up. Big old fucking puncture wounds in them and shit where he was just shaking them. And then he and whatever the happened to one. Johnny Cash? He died. Of he old died. age? Yeah. It was sad. How long ago was that? Quite a while ago. He was 13. It was real sad. It was like 10 man. years ago? It was real. At the end, man, he couldn't even walk. I used to have to carry him outside. Mm. And then he would go to the bathroom. And then I'd carry him to his food. It was sad. Yeah. It was yeah. so sad. That's how one of my cats got cancer. And man, you just watch them die slowly. Yeah. It's crazy. Do you know a lot of dogs and cats get cancer from dog food? Like the, the, the kind of food like dry kibble, you know, not all of it. I don't want to disparage all of it. But a lot of dry kibble is just not good for them. Yeah. Well, I switched Marshall to this frozen food. It's raw, frozen food. And, dude, it changed his health so much. He lost body fat. He gained energy. He looks better. It's like it just makes sense. It's like meat. It's frozen meat and potatoes and, like, green beans and shit. And he fucking loves it. He, he serves it to them frozen. 
You just pour it in, you scoop it out, serve it in their bowl, and he fucking goes nuts for it. But it's like changed his health. And I was kind of embarrassed that I didn't do that early. There's a couple of companies that do that. Like there's like Farmer's Dog that's really good. There's a bunch of different companies that have real food. It's real food. It's like human-grade food that you serve to your dogs. So like, yeah, of course. Of you, course. I won't, you ever eat a piece of fucking dog kibble? It tastes so bland and such bullshit. It's just filler and who knows? Not all of them. Again, so I'm sure some of them are good. But a lot of them is just like, what's in there? What yeah. the fuck is in there? Yeah. Especially at... When I was growing up, we would get a gigantic bag of plain wrap dog food. Yeah, generic Just dog food, generic shit. giant fucking sack. Yeah, dude. it keeps them alive, yeah. but it's not. They don't enjoy it. Yeah, and I started serving him uh, elk meat. So what I what I would do is I would uh, you know get some of the elk that I would kill. Mm -hmm. I'd get it ground. I'd get it ground up, and then I would give him, like, a chunk of that in his food. I was going to ask you that. I was like, give him the stuff you hunt. Yeah, and I was like, this is so much better for him. Like, he loved it. But um, this is, like, balanced. Like, it's balanced. It's, like, cubed beef. Like, it's, like, little – I mean, it's look. You look at it. It's fresh. It's just fresh frozen little cubes of beef and, like, green beans and blueberries and shit. And, dude, it's changed him. Like, he's, he's like, thin now. He lost 10 pounds. He was like 86 pounds. Now he's like 75 pounds. He looks fucking great. He's got so much energy. It's just like he was developing all this body fat. And it's like it's just processed food, man. It's just like humans. If yeah. you gave a human cereal every day, they're going to look like shit. You know, it's just not good for them. Yeah. Most, most, most disease, I'm sure, is caused by what we put in our... Uh mouths yeah sure. a lot I mean, of it a lot of it is bad food and then environmental factors right i was reading about this thing where dudes who cut countertops in california there's a lot of guys who are dying from uh an incurable respiratory disease guys who like you know do construction work and they're cutting countertops yeah apparently some of these see if we can find that some of these countertops it's fucking they're they're inhaling toxic fumes and they yeah. saw this shit. Yeah. You know, and these this fucking young guy had like a, a oxygen tank. Here it is. California workers who cut countertops are dying of an incurable disease. Fuck, man. <clears throat> Industrial stretch of Panoma <clears throat> Pacoima, rather, man labored over hefty slabs of speckled stone, saws whining over sounds of Spanish language rock. Pale dust rose around them as they worked. Many went without masks. Some had water spurting from their machines, but others had nothing to tamp down the powder rising in the air. Nobody uses water, one man in a Dodger's cap said in Spanish when Maria Cabrera approached, holding flyers about silicosis, an incurable and suffocating disease that has devastated dozens of workers across the state and killed men who have barely reached middle age. Fuck, man. <clears throat> Imagine that, man. You just got a fucking job and it just kills you. I used to work. I worked at a place for two weeks that bulletproofed cars. And for diplomats and for like check cashing mobile vans, mm -hmm. you know, just bulletproof it. And basically all it is is you you take apart, uh, you, put, you put slabs of fiberglass in the doors. You know, mm -hmm. so the doors are just filled with sheets of fiberglass. So you have to cut the fiberglass to fit the door. And when you cut it, when you're like sawing it, there's all this fiberglass dust particles all over. Fiberglass mm. dust everywhere. I remember thinking, fuck this. Even at, I was 
18 or 19 when I did that. And you, you had face masks and everything, like those N95s mm. or whatever. But I remember thinking, this fucking can't be good. Lasted two weeks. I, I had enough of that shit. I did construction. And I laid fiberglass in people's basements and then their the easements and then the uh Did the you cut attics. fiberglass pieces yeah. and stuff? I yeah. cut that shit with uh, razor knives. You know, with like exacto knives, you yeah. cut it and then place it in place. I was always itchy, yeah. and you're sweating because it's the summertime in Boston. Yeah. So it's fucking ninety degrees outside, and it's all humid, and you're in this attic, and you're just breathing that shit. And we didn't wear masks. We didn't have nothing. And I was thinking, what the fuck am I doing in here? Yeah. And I'm you're always itchy, like it just would get in your pores. And fuck, man, dude, growing up. You know, because my stepdad's an architect, I got a lot of jobs on construction sites, and man, did I learn about fucking work, like real work, like hard work, like labor work, and that taught me that I don't want to do that. Oh, yeah. I went through the same thing. I don't want to do no. that. I no. Don't wanna I do roofed that. for a week. I'm like, no, I ain't roofing. No. I don't want to sweat while I work. This was why <laughs> I was still fighting, so I would, I would do that all day, and then I would try to go to the gym at night. And I would be hitting the bag, and I was so tired. I was, I was stupid back then. I didn't drink water. I wasn't. I was totally dehydrated. I was eating sub sandwiches and a soda pop for lunch. Yeah. I didn't take vitamins. Doritos. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd go and try to work out, and I was like, <coughs> I had nothing. And I remember thinking, Oh my god, I have to quit. I can't do this. I have to figure out another job. That's when I started teaching. I was like, I have, to, I have to, and then I started, well, I was teaching and delivering newspapers. I was like, I'd rather be poor. Have you gotten into, you're, you're fasting now, right? I do intermittent fasting, yeah. 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 You don't eat breakfast? I very rarely eat breakfast. Yeah, me, me too, man. I usually eat my first meal after I work out, which is usually around like noonish. Huge. Working out on an empty stomach. Dude, you were telling me about that. Yeah, that yeah. changed my life. Oh, that's right. Life. Yeah, you were yeah. telling me about that. Yeah, it's huge. Man. What's changed my life is eliminating most carbs. And this carnivore diet, that's changed my life, changed everything. So you wake up a cup of, because you could have a cup of black coffee. Yeah, I'll have coffee. Friend. Yeah. And then a, you I drink black coffee anyway. I don't put anything in my coffee. And you wait till what time to eat? Like noonish. Noonish? Yeah. You ever so, go like four or five-ish? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I come straight here and yeah. I, I don't even, I don't even eat. The thing about when you eat only meat too, you don't really get hungry the same way because you're not, you don't have that carb craving that you get, you know? Yeah. So what I do is first thing in the morning, I get in the cold water. That's my first thing. Really? Before I work out. I just get in that. Sometimes I'll have a cup of coffee first, say goodbye to my kids, you know, send them off to school, kiss my wife, and go, okay, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. And then I fucking suffer. Then I get in that fucking cold water for three minutes Ugh. every morning. Every fucking morning. It's a game changer, son. Game changer. That's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. I don't like it. But I love how I feel when I get out of there. I get out of there, I'm like, whoa! Ah! And then I do like a series of bodyweight exercises to warm up. I yeah. do 100 push-ups, 100 bodyweight squats, and then yeah. I start my workout. Nice, nice. Yeah. Before I started working out on an empty stomach, I would, uh, in between, like whatever, like if I was doing bench, in between the sets, I'd be like on my phone doing emails or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? I wouldn't do shit for like two, three minutes, and then I'd do the next set. And then I would see other people doing sets, and they were doing sets in between their sets, like they would just dump, jump and start doing body weight squats and, and shrugs or some like other shit in between what they're doing. I'm like, whoa, I could never do that. I'm like, I didn't have the, and, and, and I thought back then I was working out 
on an empty stomach because I would have like a little protein bar and a little shake and some vitamins. I thought that was an empty stomach. That's not an empty stomach. Your body, your body still is expending energy trying to deal with that yeah, shit in your stomach. For sure. So if you don't, if like like if you ate a, a tremendous meal, pasta, bread, you just stuffed yourself, and then you try to work out that would zap like what 80% of your energy you'd be wrecked like 80 70% so you know a, a little bar and a little shake and some vitamins maybe it's not 80% but it's like 10% 15% and yeah. that's that makes a difference so um once i started and, and you know what's crazy i heard i heard it from people like i heard it from gsp i heard it from a, a football player dk metcalf all day he doesn't eat maybe he eats like some like like candy so little skittles just to get like a sugar rush or something but it's one meal a day and then when i heard it from mikey musamechi i'm like you know what let me try this shit let me try this shit and man my workouts dude i'm doing i'm doing body weight squats because i can't do weighted squats because of the metal in my back mm -hmm. i can't do can't put any weight on my shoulders is that the, the case with your your disc replacement how's yeah. that doing how is that uh you know you know, when I went in there originally, six years ago, they the doctor said, "Okay, we both your L five and L four are fucked. Your L five is worse. That one needs to be replaced right away." You had but no disc. You were basically not on the L five. Yeah, yeah. But the other, the one above it was uh, was looking like shit too. So he said, "You want to do both of them right now? If if you don't, you're gonna have to come back in like five, six years and do the one uh, above." Why didn't it. you do both of them? Because people were telling me, don't ever do shit that you don't need. I was hearing that. Because I was like, because it was a game time decision. I didn't have to make the decision until right when they laid me on the table and they said, the doctor said, so what do you want to do? Because I had choices. I could have I could have went fusion because I was barely qualified for a disc replacement. Barely. It was right? that fucked up. Yeah, they're going, dude, because you have to, you're, you're spine has to be a certain way for displacement to work so you have to like qualify it for it and so the doctor said you can do displacement but you're like you're right on the cusp and he goes so we could do this we could do fusion which boxes it up the l5 we could do one fusion we could do two fusions we could do one disc we can do two discs or we could do one fusion and one disc whatever you want to do or you could just do one disc come back leave sit it up to you he left it up to me. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So I decided let's go just one disc and I'll come back five or six years. And it's been five, six years. So my back has been like super stiff, sore. Um, it got really fucked up exactly a year ago. Remember I did your podcast like last September and dude, that whole weekend I could barely put my shoes on. It was really, really bad. And then I heard about uh, the guy that fixed uh, Dave Groggins back. Is that his name? Dave David Gro Goggins. David yeah. Goggins, that guy. He mentions a guy that fixed his back, and his name is Joe Hippensteel. And um, one of my students works for him, and he goes, man, we could fix. She, uh, it was a, a woman. She goes, we could fix your back. I go, I got metal in my back. N nothing's going to fix my back. I I'm going to need surgery again. And this is about like uh, six months ago. And... She said, just come and talk to Joe. I'll set up an appointment. Talk to Joe. He fixed Dave Groggins. And, um, Goggins. Goggins. God, why do I say Groggins? <laughs> Goggins. And um, I said, okay. So I set up an appointment. You know, he's in San Diego. I met him. He's like a former, like, a Olympic level decathlete. And he figured out, he figured out how, what's wrong um, with most injuries is he's, his, his um, whole system is 
my back, the pain I'm getting is my lower back muscles are locked. They're actually, they're literally locked. That's why you're stiff and you can't move and it's sore. He goes, you have to unlock, you have to not unlock the muscles and people don't know how to unlock them. So his style of stretching unlocks the muscle. It takes about an hour and a half to do his stretching routine, but it's all on a timer. You do a two minute stretch here, one minute rest, don't do nothing, don't move. Two minute stretch, one minute rest, don't do nothing. Because the, the, the general philosophy is you got to stretch to unlock a muscle, you gotta do it slowly. You can't get in there and start throwing elbows and fucking yanking and stretching because that does nothing. That just makes it worse. You gotta do a slow stretch. You do, Relax. and it's it's you can't. There can't be any pain. So mm. you, you, there's there, there's these certain stretches for your lower back. There's five of them just for your lower back. There's a bunch. There's like twenty seven total, but for your lower back, there's five, and you do them and you're on a clock. Did you go to him to? Talk I went to him? to him and I did I did it all. And I'm yeah. I'm in the middle of it. I'm doing it, dude. My yeah. back my back feels like eighty percent better. Really? Yes. It's all about unlocking your muscles. Go to this guy's website, Joe Hip and Steel. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he and and he's um he flies out every week to the Cleveland Browns. He's a Cleveland Browns um uh, physical therapist. Like he he shows them all these stretches. I'm gonna show you some shit. He works with the San Diego Padres too. So I'm in the process of that of of, of fully unlocking my muscles. But you know your muscles have memory, so they always go back and they always relock. So every day I got to do these stretches. I'm, gonna show you some I'm hoping I'm hoping I don't have to have surgery and it, and it looks like I'm headed to uh, full recovery. It really looks like looks like that. I'm going to show you something that Goggins just sent me. <laughs> God, how do I save this? How do I save this? Cancel. Hold on. Okay. Hold on a second. Save. Here it is. Uh, okay. A week ago. Goggins was? No, no, no. Oh, Joe Hippenstein was? was doing an event here a week ago. Yeah, he oh, does really? He does seminars. He do, he's, he's, dude, he's so awesome, man. He spent, like, the whole afternoon with me. Didn't even charge me. Just, yeah, that's him. He's got a, he's got a, a way of stretching that no one else does. It's not yoga. It, it, yoga is, like, just to get your blood moving, you know. Uh, if you want to unlock muscles like he says like when you have a shoulder injury the pain is coming from your bicep locking so mm. you got to unlock your bicep so that i'm i'm you know no expert in his style but i've i've i know uh, a little about it and it's working for me man it's working what what's the name it's ultimate, ultimate human performance that's it ultimate human performance joe hippensteel in san diego man if you know if you're thinking about getting surgery uh, you should look into this first. It's it's that sounds amazing. And the crazy thing is the the, the stretching. There's there's not supposed to be any pain, so there is no pain. Everything has to be at when you when you get in a stretch, you have to get at seven. You don't want to get eight, nine, ten pain. Seven, don't and then it. the exactly. You do it slowly. It's like cooking like a brisket. You do it slowly. Uh, you don't just nuke it. Right. It's it, you got to do it slowly. You sl so the the basic. Um, philosophy behind it is you stretch the muscle and it stretches just a little bit and then you rest for a minute don't do nothing you don't move and you lay on your back it's called the dead zone and then it just it feels 
uh, the, the muscles that got stretched, it fills with blood. And then you go back two more minutes, let's stretch it a little bit more, and then you rest for one minute, don't do nothing, dead zone. And then it fills with blood a little bit more, and then little, it's a slow. And it's an hour and a half slow, every day? About an hour and a half. So you do it every day? I try to. If wow. I'm on the road, it's tough, but you can just do it on your bed. It's so easy. It's super easy. Just I'll do try it on my bed. Shit. Yeah. So Goggins, this, in his this, spare this the time, in oh. his spare time, yeah, he fire jumps. So this is a dude that's wealthy. Goggins has a lot of money. His, how, his how did he book, make his money? He sold a book. His book can't hurt me. Sold the shit. Give me some volume. So give me some volume. Why isn't it playing? Why doesn't it have any volume? Hmm. Anyway, so he fire jumps into this area, and look at these grizzly bear tracks. So what, what he does is he fire jumps for the challenge. He doesn't fire jump for money. Like most of these guys are fire jumping. They pay you to do it, so you do it. He does it just because it's fucking hard to do. And so he sends me this video of these fucking giant bear tracks. He's a size 12 foot. Look, he's putting it right next to his bear track. So he sends me this video. And I go, oh, my God. I go, don't get eaten, brother. And he goes, fuck he it. Right Here it is. Yeah, okay. Woods, so, so we'll probably have an overnight partner here. See these grizzly bear prints, man? Look at these motherfuckers, dude. They're as big as my foot. This is a massive fucking grizzly bear. Massive fucking grizzly bear. Look at this shit. Even the how wide it is. This is fucking a massive ass grizzly bear. And as you see, he walks right through there through those woods. So we are in big time grizzly bear territory. So I sent him a text message. I Holy said, shit. I said, don't get eaten, brother. He goes, fuck it. Stay hard, brother. If you see me fighting a bear, help the bear. Look <laughs> 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 what he sends me. Hilarious. And then he writes Goggins with like 10 exclamation points. That's crazy. Ah! Hey, dude, I got to catch a flight. Let's let it go. Oh, have Let's we, wrap it what up. Have we done three hours? Yeah. Okay, we did, cool. We did enough. Thank you. I Thank love you, you to death, I love brother. you too, man. I'm on Rockfin. That's where I uh, get all conspiratorial. Yeah. Uh, Rockfin.com slash Eddie Bravo. Instagram. Uh, 10, Eddie Bravo 10P. Combat Jiu-Jitsu on UFC Fight Pass. Don't Check miss it. it. Combat Jiu-Jitsu is amazing. <laughs> all right. We're done. Thank you. Bye, everybody.